Experience the difference at Woodhouse Buick GMC. From the GMC Acadia to the Buick Encore, we're sure to have a vehicle that fits your lifestyle. Our climate-controlled showroom guarantees a comfortable shopping experience every time you visit. Plus, our commitment to our customers continues well beyond the date of purchase. You will leave our lot feeling comfortable and confident in your new vehicle. Start your car buying journey today, in-store or online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com. We are professional grade. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. This is how it's always been. I'm on the outside looking in. Welcome to Double Love, the podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of Sweet Valley High, book by book. I'm Anna Carey. I'm Karen Moynihan. And this week, we're just giving you absolutely no joke here, listeners, a massive trigger warning because this book is um, just not something I think a lot of people who have struggled with eating disorders or any sort of disordered eating or any sort of body image issues at all may want to listen to. Like it's quite detailed. It's got a lot of details about you know, eating disordered eating in practice. Mm. Um, it's just definitely one best avoided if this is something that is uh, triggering to you because we we will just, just so it makes sense, we're going to have to give some of these details. So uh, yeah, just get ready uh, or just feel free to skip this um, because obviously we'll be back with the, with more preposterous fare in two weeks. <laughs> yeah, it'll it'll look up at that point, but this one is going to be kind of grim. So yeah, just just so everybody's aware, it's okay yeah. if you just want to skip this one. You, you won't you probably won't really miss something in the main scheme of things. So you'll like, be fine really... to to dip out for this one if that's the right call. We'll give the nearest that we can get to a, a recap next week. Just if there's you know anything that turns up in continuity uh, that you might need to know, but I can't imagine there will be. To be honest, yeah. no, I think it'll be fine. Um, so. Uh, yeah, it is the perfect girl. And I guess we'll dive right in with some taglines and blurbs. So, Karen, can you give us the cover tagline? I sure can. Uh, so it's Robin will do anything to keep George. He's not worth it, Robin. Truly. Really and truly. He's, <laughs> he's so terrible. Oh, George. Enid is well rid. <laughs> Truly, she had a lucky escape with this lad. (laughs) And the back cover tagline is a dangerous obsession. Well, afraid it is. Yeah. Mm. Can you give us the full uh, blurb, please? Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, All right, then. Robin Wilson's pretty, smart and athletic and her boyfriend, George Warren, adores (laughs) her. (laughs) This fucking guy. (laughs) (laughs) Most students at Sweet Valley High have forgotten that Robin used to be an overweight loner, but what Robin remembers. They haven't forgotten. Uh, they, like, they sure haven't. Uh, Especially Jessica. Oh, Jesus, Jessica. I Ugh. just want to throw her right in the bin, like, for most of this. Yeah, as um, usual. I mean, as usual. Yeah, that's true. That's where she belongs. <laughs> it's her <laughs> natural home. Everyone's better off with Jess in the bin. Just a glamorous Oscar the Grouch. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
James Matthews missed a trick not putting that on a cover <laughs> there's your cover right there oh god okay we, like, yeah. we're doing well like, even just getting through this blurb so I don't know how we're going to finish the book okay but anyway so uh, where was I yes uh, when George becomes friends with a beautiful girl named Vicky Robin feels George slipping away if only Robin were thinner George would drop Vicky in a second Mm. Uh, before long Robin is obsessed with her weight Elizabeth Wakefield suspects Robin is taking her diet too far but Robin insists she's fine what will it take to get Robin to admit that starving herself is not the answer to her problems so again this is your warning that this book goes quite far uh, in uh, what it takes for her to admit this actually I think it went further than I expected it to Um, Mm. again I don't think this was one that I had actually read back in the day so I had read it so I knew I didn't remember the details but I did remember more or less where it ended up the gist and where we're going with this yeah yeah it goes pretty dark Um, Mm. and can you describe the cover please I can Um, like Robin is like we know she's gorgeous that's an established fact um although this does seem like one of those times where they've used a different cover model I think I, I think f- they have because we've seen Robin before on the cover of the one with uh, her aunt yes called? decisions I think yes it was her and George on the cover and I remember that was where George was the, when he the, the image that nearly ran away with the almost almost carried him to our hunky final <laughs> But uh, as it turns out, deservedly, he was dropped out eventually. Oh, thank God. (laughs) Sorry, we hate George so much after reading this book. Yeah, I really have done a complete 180 on George. Uh, To be honest, was it even a 180? I didn't have that particularly strong feelings about him one way or another until now. And I'm like, fuck this guy. He's a dope. He really Um, is. But yeah, no, I do remember that cover, though, and thinking that Robin or the, at least the the, co- the cover model for Robin, looks like Selma Blair. She does in Decisions. Yeah. Mm. With with like a, a perfectly, you know, wonderfully coiffed 80s hairdo. Um, and like this, to me, does seem like a different girl entirely. Yes. Um, but like, she's beautiful, like gorgeous. Of course. Girl, like this is actually a really lovely cover. It's just a shame that the actual subject matter is so grim. Yeah. Um, like I wish this was just her just being sad about a boy with no dramatic and horrible storyline to go exactly. with it you know because she's more frivolous because exactly. she's beautiful yeah and it is a lovely cover it's just a shame that uh that is all pertaining to something really sad but um <sighs> yeah so robin's just looking sadly like into the camera like she's got this lovely long brown hair she's so pretty like um and she's wearing and it's funny actually because thinking about it now like at a glance it's like oh this is like you know her boyfriend's football jersey because it looks like a like a Sweet Valley kind of football jersey. Yes, that's what I initially thought it was. But of course, at it. George doesn't play football. So then I was wondering, is this like her cheer uniform and that it's too big for her now because it is very much an oversized shirt mm. that she's wearing, you know? I think that uh, I think that's what it's meant to be. Yeah. So again, that kind of really puts a, a dampener on the on what's some really lovely cover artwork. But and also almost romanticizes the storyline because not a spoiler um, but, you know, Robin loses a scary amount of weight in this mm-hmm. book. And we are told that she doesn't, she looks sick when this yes. happens. But this sort of makes it look like, oh, look, she looks so cute in her oversized top, which is 
kind of undermines the message of the actual contents. Oh, that's very true. Yeah. And yeah, and it's it's, and it's only thinking about it now that I'm looking at it because I had always just kind of thought, oh, this is like, you know, oh, my boyfriend's jersey and look how cute yeah. and awesome I am in it. And now it's like, oh, fuck, is this her cheer uniform? Yeah. Now this, is this a whole horrible spin on what is quite a nice image? But there you go. I'm afraid that is it. Yeah, I think so. <sighs> Well, we couldn't, couldn't even enjoy the cover art, unfortunately. No, we can't even enjoy the clothes in this one. Yeah, also true. I was like marking the outfits and kind of going, just not the same. No, they're not fun. <laughs> they're not. No, there's no there's no fun to these outfits, unfortunately. Uh, well, we begin the story with Jess crying, we're doomed. I mean, for many reasons, Jessica. But... <laughs> not for the ones you think. <laughs> Well, the other cheerleaders ignore her, so she knows how to get their attention and says, there's a really cute new boy out in the hall. And they all are, they're all like, what? <laughs> well, that does do the job in fairness. It does. <laughs> so Maria asks why they're doomed and what they could do to, to save themselves. And, uh, and we get a very early twin comparison. This is like practically the first page. That's true. It's right out the gate and Liz hasn't even turned up yet. So it's really just a, a, a let's quickly get this done kind of <laughs> to in yeah. comparison. Well, we're told people naturally gravitated to Elizabeth for sympathy and friendship, just <sighs> as they gravitated to Jessica for adventure and excitement. Gra- gravitate towards her for a full on bitch experience is what they do I mean very true I mean gravitating to Liz for sympathy is more like she just always happens to be there and overhear <laughs> things at the right moment and then fucking sidles up to people going you okay I've been worried about you yeah she does do all of these things in this book oh, but she in does. fairness I'm glad somebody does this is it somebody needs to in this book at least so yes it is it, yeah. it is actually you know required help mm. um so uh yeah this is her her exciting news about their impending doom it's uh that the gym floor has to be redone that's it that's yeah and even the cheerleaders are kind of looking at her like and <laughs> how does this concern us exactly <laughs> Well, Jessica says that it'll cost a fortune and they need to raise some cash. And they're not enthused about yet another fundraising event because that dead horse has been flogged to death as a plot point. (laughs) But then Robin has an idea. Uh, Yeah, she reckons they should try to set a Guinness Book world record uh, Mm. that they could sell tickets to, to the attempt. Yes, and they love the idea and they call Liz over to help them come up with a record to break. And Robin jokingly suggests how about the world's biggest ice cream sundae. Uh, But her joke is taken seriously. Yeah, it's actually like, as Elizabeth Elizabeth points out, it's actually quite a good idea because they could get like local donations of ice cream from all the ice cream places in town because apparently there's loads. Um, I thought there was just uh, Casey's doesn't even get mentioned. Look, Casey's was left for dead in this book. (laughs) I don't know what was going on there. (laughs) But um, yeah, so Liz points out that you could, you know, you could make it worth people's while coming because if they buy a ticket, then they can actually get a serving of ice cream Mm. uh, while they're attending. And uh, yeah, it might be really good crack and kind of a good spectacle for them to to make with uh, with a, a giant sunday i guess yeah <laughs> by the way there's a lot of logical questions about this first of all is this sunday is going to be a disgusting mass of melted ice cream by the time people have got halfway through it <laughs> the logistics of this absolutely do not add up <laughs> no so yeah they're going to get uh the ice cream places and other businesses in town to donate everything and hmm. um 
Jessica uh, is is excited about the idea, but she wishes someone other than Robin had come up with the idea. We're told there's still a rivalry between them. It's an entirely one-sided rivalry, Jessica. And the rivalry is coming from you. You Oh, massively deluded. so. It's just because Jess hates being co-captain and having to share the position. Like, Yeah. Robin doesn't really give a shit about Jessica. No, of course not. So uh, they were, everybody's excited about this and they make a joke about like they put all the ice cream in the pool and um, Liz suggests that Maria's dad could be the honor, or honorary chair of the event because, of course, he is the mayor. Indeed, yes. <laughs> be good publicity. And they're all excited about the plan. And later, uh, Robin walks to the bus stop and she thinks how typical it is that Jess should announce a problem and Liz then, you know, helps solve it. Even mm-hmm. though it was mostly Robin who helped solve it. That is true, actually. Yeah, because they call Liz over. Was it Liz's shout to do the a record of some sort? Um, oh, no, that's why yeah, they brought her Robin. over. Yeah, it was, it was like, yeah, can you find a record for us to break? And the, yeah, it was all Robin's doing, yeah. actually. Yeah. She needs to take more credit for her own ideas here. Exactly. <laughs> well, she thinks that the twins are always the centre of attention, true. And their mm-hmm. looks have opened doors for them, also true. Oh, extremely true, yes. But uh, we're, we're told that while Robin is hot and popular now, she wasn't always that way. And uh, yeah, because that school are so shallow that they somebody can only be popular once they are what. Sweet Valley deems hot. Indeed. And we're also told it in fact had been in fact it had been partly due to Jessica and Elizabeth that Robin had changed. And we get a play, a recap of how Jessica basically bullied Robin into oh, starving herself. Yeah, they kind of like yeah, and, and in fairness, they don't really dance around the fact that, yes, Jessica literally bullied her into it because they yeah. do say Jessica had made it clear she did not want any, and like in inverted commas, chubbies in her sorority. Um, they probably could have gone a bit harder on Jessica in this particular bit. Yes. But yeah, they, they do make it clear that, yeah, Jessica's involvement was basically to fucking torment her into losing weight. Yes. And we're told that uh, Robin lost weight not so she'd be accepted by the sorority, but so she could snub the group when she was finally probably to alpha material. Okay. Yeah, still not good and no. also is that true <laughs> yes we're told that strict dieting and a tough workout program had done it uh, and revealed the trim athletic girl oh, underneath I hate that Ugh. so much oh god it's, it's only going to get worse listeners so yeah. just you know be prepared or don't listen or that yeah. <laughs> we will not take it personally <laughs> absolutely not so we're told Robin's life was transformed after she got sporty and a hot boyfriend but um, it still bothers her that so much in life seemed to depend on physical beauty it shouldn't be that way she knew but that was the real world at least in Sweet Valley it is fostered <sighs> by the writers of these books oh I know it's kind of like it's hard to, to accept them taking this kind of a stance when they literally batter us over the head with how beautiful and thin the twins are like literally in every book <laughs> yes I mean there's a lot of hypocrisy in this so story oh. this is does not make up for everything else no Francine <laughs> so um, yeah she has to remind herself that you know having a boyfriend doesn't make her a better person but you know uh. Yeah, she does still admit that uh, there was no denying the fact that George made her feel special and it happened. Well, she's in her mind anyway, it happened because she was slim. And also, I don't think that's just her overthinking things either, because, I mean, there's no for any mention of, of any guys really paying that much attention to her before. Like, really, is there? No. Well, there was Alan. Alan the... was kind of a friend. Yeah. He was nice to her. But I thought they did, was... they did date, though, as well. Yeah. yeah remember, he went, he was her date at the mm. end when she was being driven around in one Bruce one by Bruce's yes. their chauffeur oh that's right 
<laughs> well, uh, George pulls up, hogs his horn. Uh, she didn't know he was coming ho- uh, home to Sweet Valley from UCLA this week. And uh, the reason he's come home is because he has news. Uh, yeah, so he says, promise you won't think this is crazy, but I've, just started to, I've decided to start a new flying course, uh, which is quite surprising news to Robin, because of course, well, flying was what brought them together in the first place, but like, it was also the last time he flew, there was a massive crash and it was the whole Enid situation yeah. with that too. So it was quite the uh, dicey sitch there. But uh, yeah, apparently I don't think he's flown since then. Um, no, and again, it's like, it's like months ago when he was agonizing <laughs> over it. Was like, oh, come on. I know we're still pretending this is all happening within a year and they're in junior year, but like, come on. <laughs> I think we discussed it about two years ago. So at least... Yeah. By the way, what happened to Robin's love of flying? They were doing a flying class together. That's how they got together. That's very true, actually. But then again, her whole diving career came out of nowhere as oh, well. Yeah, that's true. It was like, oh, she's a champion diver. And it's like, what? Since when? What about the flying? What's going on here? She's she, a woman of, of many interests. <laughs> she really is. No wonder she got into Sarah Lawrence in early admission. Exactly. <laughs> well, George says that if, you know, he flies again, he might stop feeling guilty. George, you do not feel guilty for us fucking second Mm-mm, how dare you <laughs> um, well Robin thinks uh, him doing a flying class again sounds great but then he reveals it'll be very time consuming so he won't be able to visit Sweet Valley so much and Robin says she understands um, and George tells her he loves her and she jokes I know because I'm so nice and sympathetic and then he goes no because you got great legs with <laughs> a growly voice <laughs> She's got great stems. I <laughs> <laughs> would have made that so much better. It really wasn't. <laughs> but, but Robin doesn't like this. Mm, yeah. And again, this is kind of on her mind as well anyway, mm. I think. But she says, you know, she knows he's teasing, but it still kind of just rattles her a little bit. And yeah. she always has this nagging doubt in her mind that George never would have noticed her um, like before she would have lost wait so yeah. it's just kind of like she knows she's being insecure but she can't help it and it's like well this is just the start of a horrendous snowball yeah it really is and it's gonna start rolling even more in the next scene when uh it's a few days later and liz is asking robin about her plans with george for the weekend and robin says they don't have any plans together because he's not coming home he's doing the flying course and liz asks what she's up to and of course she has no plans and Liz says she sounds pathetic, charming, Liz. <laughs> I mean, she is joking, but still. I know, yeah, it comes off a little harsh, but yeah. No, Liz does invite her then to the beach with her and Todd uh, that afternoon because they'll be there until dinner time. And yeah, Robin, she's not super enthused. And, you know, I can't blame her for not being super enthused yeah. about this idea, to be honest. Um, but also we kind of get a throwback to, to her remembering when Liz and Todd had set her up on a double date with Winston, wasn't it? And it Winston was, was Winston. Winston. They don't was, mention him. They then. don't. But he was a little bitch on that date. Oh, he was um, a fucking dick. He let us all down then. I think that's really why they. Did. I think that's why they don't mention it was with Winston. Probably, yeah, because it's, it's like now it seems out of character to, for him to be so mean about somebody like yeah it was his character at the time I it think. was wasn't it we, like we were so disappointed in him yeah mm. and still are with <laughs> well uh she doesn't feel says she doesn't really want to be like a fifth wheel and liz says it'll be fine uh i mean she did steal your best friend's boyfriend sort of so maybe it should be a little bit awkward <laughs> that is true <laughs> um so robin says she might drop by after diving and then when liz says goodbye 
Robin thinks because George is you know going to be not is not going to be up much in the coming weeks thinks she was going to miss having a boyfriend around it meant going to places alone or with other girls oh perish the thought it meant always wondering what other people were thinking about her why is she alone what's wrong with her doesn't she have a good personality why doesn't she have a boyfriend oof I know just say this fucking school I know and this is it like this is Sweet Valley like as yeah. A microcosm of a horrendous society is <laughs> why she's thinking like this. Because in real life, you can just have friends and hang out with them. Yes, it's like that. They're going places alone or with other girls. I mean, other I went girls. to an all-girls school. I pretty much my entire social life was other girls when I was sixteen. Yes, of course. Like, I'm just <laughs> frightened to talk to boys. <laughs> but like, just I did write down at this point. Like, Robin, where are your friends? Like, yeah. like. I know they're kind of saying, oh, her and Liz are such good friends. I was like, they're obviously not, though, because they don't hang out regularly. No, not at all. And I know she's on the cheer squad, but like, I guess a lot of the cheerleaders are in the sorority. So maybe she's just like, fuck those bitches. Yeah. Where are her friends? Like, who does she hang out with? It's just. Don't think she does. She just went straight to George, as far as I can see. No friends, Alan, George. Oh, yeah. So she goes to her, her diving practice after school, but then and she's next to a junior high girl and she feels sort of enormous next to her. Um, so she's just a little bit nervy and very self-conscious about her her uh, physique. Yes, I was a bit confused by this, actually, because I was like junior high. I was like, but they're a junior in high school. Is that the same thing? But it's no. not. It's like, that's like a 12 year old, apparently. Yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, yeah. I didn't know that. What am I missing here? Do you know ever... <laughs> Degrassi Junior High. Like, no, I don't. I didn't watch it. I did not partake. But just yeah, I was like, I finally thought I had a handle on the American school system, and then I still get thrown by things like this. So I'm just like, oh, I don't know anything. Like Junior is sort of the equivalent of, um, like fifth year in school for us. Yes. Yeah. So because yeah. it's it's soft, it's freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior. Junior and senior. Yeah, no, that's fine. And it was just the junior high thing kind of threw I know. me again. Again, because I was like, is that that's not that's different from junior <laughs> in high school. Okay, I see. <laughs> it's like I need to draw a diagram or something for well, myself. <laughs> we do know that we are very ignorant of the American educational system. We'll have more on that on the oh, end God. at the end of the show. <laughs> and forevermore, probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, we cut to the beach where Liz and Todd are tediously romping and flirting in the waves. Oh, God. <laughs> and it's the only response. Yeah. <laughs> they head back to the beach where they're joined by Robin. And Elizabeth can't help but admire her figure. I mean, do it quietly and to yourself. Just, it's, it seems like a weird move for Liz because and I know she's just trying, like paying her a compliment or whatever. Yeah. But just, if this is someone who you feel like might have body issues or like previously lost a drastic yes. amount of weight in a not super great way maybe mm. just shut the fuck up about her body yes you know? exactly yeah <sighs> well Robin gets is all self-conscious and then Liz actually does you know wonder is if she said the wrong thing and thinks Elizabeth knew how sensitive Robin used to be about her weight her own sister had been one of Robin's worst tormentors like but Elizabeth had assumed that all that uneasiness was in the past. Well, considering the past is literally months <laughs> ago, if this is the timeline we're working with, then this shit has only barely gone down. So I, shut up, Liz. <laughs> oh my God. Like, I, I mean, there, it is a weird thing in Sweet Valley where their timeline is supposedly things that like, they should really be still getting over Regina's death. 
and she's mentioned as if it's like, ah, oh, yes, my friend who died 30 years ago. <laughs> you know, a fond yeah. memory. Whereas really it's meant to be like two weeks or something. It's super fresh. Everything is super fresh because <laughs> this is the most ridiculously compressed timeline ever. <laughs> Don't think about it too much. This yeah, bit. true. <laughs> well, Todd heads to the ice cream stand and when Robin says she doesn't want one, he makes a stupid joke about, oh, your girls are always on a diet. And Liz does give him warning looks. Yeah, true. We're told, by the way, that while Liz never had to go on a diet. Fucking congratulations, bitch. She was always aware of her weight. Though, in fairness, I was initially like, oh, for fuck's sake. Um, But then it does say it's hard not to be because the world sort of makes you conscious of it. Mm, That's true. That's a fair point. Yeah, they do. They do. They kind of bring it back. (laughs) Kind of. Mm. Um, So, yeah, Liz remembers that Robin lost weight really drastically before and hopes she's not doing anything, you know, ill-advised and she talks about the the super sunday scheme but robin seems all sort of moody and preoccupied and then she just gets up and goes i have to go see you around (laughs) i mean todd and liz are kind of excruciating to hang out with so on one hand i get it (laughs) but also i think at this stage she's so uncomfortable she ended up like putting a jumper back on i think after sitting down after liz commented on how good she looked and it was just like she's just not feeling it or in the form for this so I suppose they're just trying to have some light banter and chats about this Sunday fundraiser thing and Robin is just truly not in the mood. Yeah this is true so she's just a bit off and Mm. everything just seems a bit wrong and when she gets home she sees a a postcard has arrived from her jet setting aunt and we get a recap of her last appearance Um, we're told, by the way, that like winning that diving thing had been a mixed blessing because every time her mother mentioned college financing, um, Robin felt a bit guilty. Now, didn't it end up with her aunt saying she'd pay for her wherever she went? Because I thought That's, it did. Yeah, because didn't the aunt have something of a redemption arc a little bit, I think, towards the end? She did. She came to the diving championship or whatever it was. Mm. And when she saw how great Robin was, she was like... Yeah. Prove me wrong, kid. She softened on the whole idea, yeah. yeah. Well, apparently that's been forgotten and now her mother's going to have to remortgage the house or something yeah. to pay for the college fees. I mean, we're, we're asking for continuity and sometimes that's just too big of an ask. Very true. <laughs> well, Robin is all stressed out and she almost takes a delicious brownie from the fridge, but then she thinks for her new skin-hugging jeans and she puts mm. it back. Mm. Then, George rings. <laughs> oh my God. George... <laughs> does not know how to talk to your his long distance girlfriend i'm just telling him that much <laughs> can you describe george's monologue it's the only way to to, to call, only thing to call it that's true actually i don't think he's he asks robin a single question actually in this whole conversation it's just him fucking prattling on so yeah he's just like it's me when she answers the phone and she asks him how it's going and he's all excited about how he had his first class that day and he just got back and had to tell her all about it so he's just like full of beans because he's only just got back from his class um so there's like 12 students and some are a bit older than him everyone's really interesting and then he bangs on about this girl, Vicky. She's incredible. And Robin's like, all right, yeah, what's incredible about her? Uh, and he's saying, oh, you know, she's in college too. She's an, an oceanography major. Did a lot of marine biology, I'd say, in high school. Oh, of course. You, you know, you know now, now that we know that's a thing. Well, <laughs> surprised it's not a nation of marine biologists. I mean, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, he, he kind of mentions how she does all the calculations on airspeed and altitude in her fa- in her head and uh, like faster than he can do them on a calculator. So Robin kind of pictures what this girl must look like and kind of pictures this like short nerdy kind of 
boxy yeah, human calculator picture the human calculator yeah so like short boxy and covered in buttons and yeah. she thinks this is hilarious um so she's kind of amused by his enthusiasm kind of and i suppose because she's assuming or making assumptions at least what about what this vicky person looks like and she's like oh what else is so amazing about her and then george goes on about how she's so funny and she's an experienced pilot uh, and he really wants her to to meet robin and robin's like oh yeah i'd like to meet her too but kind of doubts they'll, they'll ever actually meet because yeah. like why why would she you'd think oh my god <laughs> and thinks you know it wasn't likely that george is going to bring a classmate with him to visit his girlfriend which is a reasonable thing to assume <laughs> it is it really is and yes here we are. <laughs> yeah, by the way, he also says Vicky really wants to meet her. The only reason some some girl who we suddenly got this intense bond, if they are both more or less heterosexual, would keep saying to this boy she's spending all this time with and clearly is like some amazing bond with that I really want to meet your girlfriend is trying to make it look like she's not trying she doesn't have any um, trying a bit too hard I think yes. to say yeah. that oh, no no I'm not after you I'd, I'd love to meet your girlfriend why would you want to meet his girlfriend she's just a random teenager in school why would oh, you care why would you keep saying it unless it's trying to play down the fact that you know you got the hots for him exactly I don't think yeah. I'm overthinking it given everything way this all plays out mm, yeah that's fair I think yeah but anyway he just keeps banging on about this and his class and she's kind of starting to feel like does does he even miss me like because he's just having a fucking great time up there Um, so she kind of asks when he thinks he might have a chance to come see her and he's like oh soon I can't wait to see you but like at the end of the call she kind of she starts feeling even lonelier than she had before he yeah. called because uh, I suppose the call is a bit disappointing for whatever reason and she knows you know, I think he talked about another girl for like <laughs> Half an hour. And she's she's trying to be understanding in fairness to her because she's like, you know, she knows how important flying is to him and that it's a big step for him to try and get back into it now. But yeah, like it was kind of a buzzkill of a phone call because it was just him going on about how amazing this girl in his class is. And it's like, okay. Very appropriate. To, yeah. As a, as somebody who was in a long distance relationship for a while, but tried to keep a relationship going after coming back from America, all ended extremely amicably. But it's it's if he had spent a phone call talking about another girl for half an hour <laughs> I would have been actually in tears after it's like it's not it's, you just don't do that <laughs> oh this girl just I feel a real kindred spirit yeah. we have this passion that we share she's amazing she's so funny she's so smart I, I just want to talk about her all the time Vicky 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 <laughs> like he literally does not ask Robin a single question in this no, whole conversation he's it's got, really bad and he's got mentionitis which I think Massively. everybody has had you know when yes. you fancy somebody mm-hmm. and you just have you can't stop talking about them and it's just mm-hmm. any excuse to drop their name in you don't even realize you're doing it but he <laughs> has it for he has mentionitis for Vicky very much so well we cut to cheerleading practice where the girls are finishing up their session and they're ready to plan their super Sunday. They spent about five pages talking about boring admin stuff like where they're going to get bowls. Oh God, yeah. It's like, come on, lads, let's move this along. It is not that interesting. <laughs> so yeah, they're, they're going to get businesses to donate stuff for free. By the way, they still haven't decided where they're making it or what they're going to put it in. Like mm, giant true. ice cream sundae. You think that would be a, an early practical thing to decide? Very true. I think Annie suggests uh, plastic kiddie pools that they can stack up as a pyramid and fill up each one. 
very hard to it's what ends up happening and it's disgusting <laughs> it does sound disgusting <laughs> and they're in california like how is it not just melting immediately immediately melting surely oh. but yeah yeah it is literally just a couple of pages of a kind of delegation and admin and it's like okay fine grant yes <laughs> and they're going to use the fact that maria's dad is the mayor uh, that they to that'll apparently win them over and they'll give them whatever they want. Yeah, well, everyone in this town is fucking obsessed with the mayor. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they reckon businesses will jump on board because they'll get to to advertise for free, basically, and they'll get to meet the mayor. And that's what every business owner wants is to meet the mayor. So yeah, but apparently, I know. I was like, really? But then she does say they'll be able to air their gripes to the mayor. Yeah, I guess oh. the mayor's kind of taking one for the team on this one. It really is. Gosh, <laughs> I hope they're grateful. They're absolutely not grateful. No. Well, Rob and Jess and Cara decide to case out all the ice cream places and they head off in the death trap that is the Fiat Spider. Oh, this fucking car. I swear to God, I hate it when they're like, oh, let's jump in my car. And it's like, no, take literally anyone else's car that has four fucking seats in it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, like Robin and Cara are, I think Robin's on Cara's knee. Like, it's just not in the front seat. It's just absolutely not safe. Fucking ridiculous. Jessica suggests an, an institution we have never heard of. <laughs> Wither Casey's. We're, oh, look, just uh, justice for Casey's is all I can say. Because where are they going? Well, apparently they're going to one off because it's a fucking... <laughs> franchise hit in Sweet Valley uh, so yeah they're heading off to, to one of the many branches of <laughs> Izzy's Incredible Ice Cream they've got stores all over town don't who you know sorry now who the fuck is this Izzy like get out of here I know is this, Izzy is Casey's, this is Casey's territory <laughs> <laughs> fuck out Izzy <laughs> and it's like a giant franchise it's just we'd have heard about this before I feel like we would have, yeah. Like in fact, especially that they've got stores all over town. Like, <laughs> I mean, how big is town? Not very. Like, there's just a massive market for ice cream in Sweet Valley. I suppose that it can sustain multiple branches of the one franchise as well as Casey's. So, you know, good for Casey's hanging in there as an independent ice cream shop <laughs> against the onslaught of Izzy's incredible the ice cream. Fucking Izzy is like the Starbucks of ice cream <laughs> shops. Maybe there used to be a few Casey's, and then Izzy's put them all out of business. <gasps> there. Damn it, Izzy! <laughs> Capitalist bastards. <laughs> Well, as the girls head over there, there's a bit of tension between Jessica and Robin about who will do the talking. And we're told that Jessica basically tried to trick Robin into missing the cheerleader's yearbook photo session. Oh my God. Yeah, like again, this is the kind of aforementioned rivalry and it's like, Jessica is such a fucking bitch. Like, and I mean, I know that's not news, but like, she's just so snaky for no reason. Like, yeah, because this does seem like it would have been a disaster for Robin, like, because it was, you know, the photo for the yearbook. Yeah. And I'm sure that's a big deal. So she literally, yeah, tried to organize it or reorganize it without telling Robin. So she was going to miss it. But I think Robin caught wind of it and it was all fine. But like, just, oh, just Jessica, just <sighs> something worse. She says, you know me, pushy. Uh, that's one word for it. <laughs> so they arrive at Izzy's. And to make their pitch and the woman who runs the, the franchise is impressed and says she'll check with the central office but it all sounds good and she offers them some free samples and Robin is about to say yes but then something happens to to stop her in her tracks 
Oh, yeah, so clearly we, we were enjoying ourselves a bit too much because we need to come crashing back down with some horrendous fat phobia. Yes. Uh, yeah, so I'm just going to read it out because it's like, mm. ugh. Um, so yeah, so the bell over the door tinkles and then a very heavy woman walked in leading two chubby boys by the hand. Robin suddenly changed her mind. So she suddenly makes up this thing about how she's allergic to milk. And there's just this really horrible bit where she's like that seeing seeing fat mm. people brought her back to bad memories of loneliness and shame. And it's just like, oh, my God, this is so grim. Yes, it is. And like, in fairness, this isn't presented as being, you know, a healthy way to think. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty um, unpleasant. Um, it is. And those kids sound cute. So like, there was just yeah. it's like, it's unnecessary meanness towards this nice family. Well, uh, it's going to get worse in the next mm. scene because Jessica and Liz, uh, we cut to the next day when Jessica is dictating what Liz should write for her new story about the Super Sunday. She's obsessed with taking all the credit, which understandably annoys Liz because she doesn't like the way Jessica treats Robin. Yeah, true. Like, <laughs> I mean, oh God, it's like Jessica treats everybody like shit. But yeah, particularly Robin in this book again. Um yeah, it's just, oh God. Yeah, what is it Liz actually says? Yeah, Liz knew how her twin felt about Robin. Jessica's feelings were totally illogical, but that did not make any difference to Jessica. <laughs> no, and Liz, you keep defending her constantly. Now, not in this book, you don't, but like, you, your sister is a terrible person and I wish you would openly acknowledge this. God, don't have to say, tell all your friends, but at least stand up to her and don't act like she can never be angry with Jessica for long. Yeah, that's such bullshit when she's pulling stuff like this and just being particularly awful. It's like, you need to pull her up on her shit. Yes. Well, she hits another new low when she looks across the cafeteria and makes a face of, of repulsion, I suppose, when she sees Lois Waller and says, uh, look at Lois, if I were that fat, I'd live in isolation. Ugh. Now, Lois in the past has been sort of treated, and I think they might have felt guilty about this, as sort mm. of a bit kind of gr- grotesque, like she's she's des- has been described as being kind of unattractive with uh, yeah, or like, that yeah, hair. And... Certainly not like one of the popular crowd for sure anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, because like Liz is at least somewhat outraged at what Jess uh, has just said here. Yeah. Um, and they talk about how, well, yeah, they say Lois wasn't really fat, but she was definitely chubby. She'd always been a bit overweight, even back when they were all in middle school. And I, I'm pretty sure Lois is actually quite a recurring character in like the twins books. I so have, maybe, yeah, that sounds yeah. familiar. I think I have heard that. Mm. Um, we're told that Lois's weight had not uh, spoiled her good nature. She didn't exactly take teasing in stride, but she knew it was inevitable. It shouldn't be inevitable. This oh. school is fucked. Fuck off, all of you. Seriously. Ugh. And she, so, but she points out that, in a way, Lois is a good character in this book because she doesn't give a shit about what people think of her. I mean, after this book, I was like, can we please get some Lois storylines? I want to know more about her and her boyfriend, Jean White, who yeah, I've never heard of before. Like, come up to the plate, Jean, who are you? Tell us about yourself. Yes. <laughs> but like, yeah, just, oh God. Yeah, they kind of just use her in this scene just for Jess to be a fucking bitch. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Because Je- Jean and Lois, we're told that most of the time Lois seemed to be pretty contented with life. And um, they're they're laughing over something and then they're sharing a big thing of chips. 
And Jessica says, again, no wonder she's so fat. Look what she's eating. And Liz rightly says, I've noticed you eating french fries once or twice. These bitches eat about five burgers a week. They're not going, they're always going to the dairy burger. They don't criticise anybody else's uh, chip habits. So true. They fucking live on cheeseburgers from what you call it. Yeah, from the dairy burger or, you know, the odd clam special. But like... But yeah, like clams in this book. Oh God, yes, of course there were. (laughs) Just when I thought I was free of the clams, but um, yeah, it's oh, it's such bullshit. But um, yeah, Liz kind of tries to stand up for her some bit and is like, oh, you know, Lois obviously isn't bothered by her weight, so why does it bother you? And and actually, I do like this bit. So uh, because Jessica rolled out quite a few fat phobic tropes Mm -hmm. because she said it's it's just that it's not healthy. That's all I'm saying. And Liz points out. This is kind of cool. Lois gets perfect attendance awards every year. She keeps up in gym. She always looks full of life and she's in love. What's not healthy about that? Well said, Liz. Honestly, a tiny shining bit of of good (laughs) copy and message in here. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, Jess clearly can't bear to think about this concept. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, Jess is just like, oh, let's just drop it and just kind of storms off or whatever but like yeah. again then Liz is kind of like oh she glances over at Lois and it's like Lois would never be a fashion model it's like fuck you maybe she will be a fashion model yeah also <laughs> the fact that you're even going there is weird isn't it yeah but uh, she's kind of talking about how you know her outlook on life was completely optimistic it's like she doesn't have a fucking disease like leave her alone <laughs> oh my god it's very patronizing the way it Liz is. thinks about her here yeah. and also I went back because the last time we heard anything about Lois Waller mm-hmm. in this series at least was back in Heartbreaker. So that's like book number eight. Fucking no, ages long time ago. ago, yeah. But they kind of threw her in as someone that Liz kind of didn't like. Because I, I actually yeah. found the, the quote and it was like, Lois Waller made her a bit uncomfortable, always trying so hard to impress people, to be in the center of things, which even at the time was fucking rich coming from Liz because, you know, exactly. Jessica freaks the fuck out if people don't look at her for like five minutes in a row. So like that was some bullshit then. And now this kind of patronizing turnaround is also kind of bullshit. Yes. Um, well, yeah, she thinks, what difference did it make if she couldn't fit into size six jeans? Not at all. Elizabeth <laughs> told herself confidently. Oh, God. Get in the bin. Join your sister in the bin. <laughs> well, we cut to a few days later. When George rings Robin, says he'll be home on Friday. And... <laughs> Yeah. He's and Robin's delighted that George Ooh. has some news oh hooray yeah he's like I'm going to ask you something and you can say no if you want but obviously she can't sure. uh, he's like how would it be if I brought Vicky along she really wants to meet you I'll call her friend and we can all go dancing would that be okay with you and like Robin is like her first reaction was to say no loud and clear which fair because she hasn't seen him in like what two or three weeks at this yeah. stage about two oh, weeks, God, I think. <laughs> yeah, so she's kind of unimpressed, but feels like she has to just sort of go along with it. And she's like, yeah, okay, fine. But she kind of tells herself that George probably feels sorry for Vicky and was like just trying to be friendly or whatever and doesn't want to make a whole thing of it. But like the fact that he suggests this is just so stupid. Oh, everything about this whole story, like George is just such a, like, it's so weird mm. and it's not cool. No. Um, George... I don't know why. It sounded like I was saying it to you. Like, it's not cool, Karen. <laughs> I'm sorry. It wasn't my fault. <laughs> You're always defending George. 
<laughs> no, that's not true. Well, <laughs> that is true. I can't even say that jest. <laughs> well, they hang up. After they hang up, she realizes she's just spending all her free time missing George and she's not, you know, doing anything for herself. And, uh, you know, she's, she's sort of aware she's in a bit of a weird state, but she yeah. can't, she'll see him on Friday and hopefully all will be well. Despite the fact he's bringing this random girl along to their day. I know, yeah. <laughs> So as she waits to be reunited with George over the next few days, the only thing that cheers her up is typing out all their notes because just you know, she's it sort of helps her feel like she's in control. Mm-hmm. Um, so it does kind of feel in this book a bit like they've read something quite basic on eating disorders and latched on to the control thing, which is obviously a real a real issue, yeah. a real factor. But they've kind of shoehorned it into Robin's personality. That's true. It's kind of threaded through this as kind of like a like an unrelated thing nearly that then ties in. But yeah. it's like it's yeah, it's it's kind of a funny interpretation of that aspect of things. Yeah. Especially as we've seen books from Robert's POV beforehand mm. and it's never shown this sort of control thing. Yeah. Yeah. This kind of like I don't want to say bossy, but like, yeah, her her wanting to, to be in charge of everything. Like, yeah, it wasn't really a thing before with her, no. Yeah. It really wasn't. But anyway, they're just shoehorning it in and that's all there is to it. So it's Friday evening and Robin dresses up, uh, you know, for her big date with George. And George turns up with a magnificently gorgeous girl. Oh, God. Yeah. Poor... (laughs) Poor Robin, like, because that was it. She kind of, she actually made a point of not dressing super glam because she didn't want to chance making George's friend feel frumpy. So like, she's kind of trying to to not go all out and just wear something kind of somewhere between casual and and dressy, you know, yeah. to to put Vicky at ease. But then of course Vicky comes out of the car and Vicky's a fucking supermodel. Basically, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So it's like Vicky's tall and slim with a cap of play, pale blonde hair. And the fact that they say it's a cap, I can't help picturing it like a page boy haircut or something. It was the same. Yes, <laughs> yeah. that's just where I went straight away. That's so um, cool though does kind of yeah so it's like yeah her bangs accentuated her huge dark eyes uh, and made provocative wisps against her high her high cheekbones uh yeah and it just points out just how gorgeous she is yeah and robin uh, chastises herself for thinking that just because a girl was a whiz at maths she was un- unattractive it was the worst kind of sexist stereotyping and robin felt terrible i mean it is pretty bad that you yeah went straight there. <laughs> she did jump to a conclusion there earlier yeah. like <laughs> and vicky is all like why the fuck would vicky come along it's just this is why i think it really looks like vicky is after george it, it it does like to be fair to robin it does read that way for sure um yeah is it that it turns out that uh hal who's um george's friend who was supposed to come to be Vicky's date couldn't yep. make it so it's just the three of us I was like oh yeah. fucking great <laughs> and Vicky keeps saying I feel like I know you already and Robin angrily thinks well it's not mutual fair oh, enough God. Oh, God, Vicky. <laughs> and v- Vicky's all like oh I can't wait to go dancing I've been dancing for ages it's like you're in UCLA I will guarantee I've never been there there are places to go dancing that I are mean, better than Sweet Body. Surely than the fucking ramshackle <laughs> Redwood Beach Disco <laughs> with a bunch of 16-year-olds dry-humping out the back. Like, I mean, really? This is where you want to spend your weekend, Vicky? You're in Come on. college! <laughs> <laughs> well, Robin finds it hard to be enthusiastic about all this and who can blame her? And Vicky and George talk about college and various, you know, things about their classes. Robin feels left out. By the time they reach the Beach Disco, she is in an absolute fowler yeah 
Oh, yeah. And it's fair, like, because whatever they were talking about in the car, it was all stuff that she couldn't really join in with. So she no. was just like, oh, this fucking sucks. So when they get there, yeah, she's like, look, you two go ahead and dance. I just don't feel like it. And Vicky's like, oh, are you sure? Uh, so Joy is like, oh, we'll be back soon. And the yeah. pair of them just fucking bail off out to the dance floor it's, and leave her sitting there. Like a split second of, oh, are you sure? Okay, bye. You could always just get a drink, come back to the table and fucking chat to each other. But no, apparently you fucking have to dance. It's the opposite of the town from Footloose. Like. <laughs> Well, Robin thinks, understandably, that Vicky's whole I'm dying to meet Robin bullshit was just a ploy to impress George, which is exactly what it feels like it throughout. Yeah, it does. <laughs> George is like, oh, yeah, Vicky's like, she she thinks you sound so cool. Like, Vicky's so chill. She really wants to meet you. Well, Robin remembers that she and George got together when working on a project, a flying project, indeed. Is mm-hmm. history repeating itself? Uh-oh. If George yeah. had been capable of cheating on Enid, didn't that mean he was capable of cheating on Robin? Yes, oh. Robin. It does. It does, though. <laughs> All the signs are really bad. Yeah. <laughs> Jessica comes up, and of course, she's noticed George uh, tripping the light bandango with, uh, <laughs> with this amazing dancer. Oh, God. Yeah, so, like, of course she's like yeah she's straight over and she's like hey who's that girl with George um, and it's funny actually because it's like one thing Robin had learned a long time ago was never to tell Jessica anything important because <laughs> she was prone to dramatising the truth until the wildest rumours were flying around school it's just what I do enjoy about this book and it does have this one particularly redeeming factor is that the fact that we're getting to see it through Robin's eyes who is someone who we know does not care for Jessica it's just yes. seeing her through the eyes of someone who knows what her deal is and like just does not trust her as far as she could throw her, you know? Yeah. Which uh, is refreshing because usually it's like, oh, that Jessica, she's such a scamp. It's like, no, she's a fucking bitch. She's a bully. Um, She is a bully. And I just, I do love that Robin is onto her at every step of the way. Like it's just that way. It re- no, that's true. It is. Yeah. And uh, Vicky and George, oh, sorry, a cute boy asks Robin to dance, but she awkwardly refuses because mm. uh, she's just feeling very out of place. Vicky and George come back at this. Oh, God, I fucking hate Vicky. She's not like, we've been told, by the way, she's an amazing dancer. Even Jessica yeah. thought she was. And she's like, oh, I'm <laughs> such a klutz. I must have looked so terrible out of the dance floor. Shut up. And Robin just smiles coldly. <laughs> so. This whole scene just is so awkward. George goes to get drinks and Vicky raves again about how great George says she is, which is not is a weird thing to keep saying. Like, why would you, a stranger, tell this girl, your boyfriend says you're great. It's like, I should hope he thinks that. I know. And it's like, in fairness to Robin for this scene, like, what are you supposed to say to that? Like, if someone's yeah. like, oh my God, your boyfriend talks about you all the time and how amazing you are. And it's like, okay, you. Uh, thank you. Can we talk about something else like normal people please like literally anything else just be normal Vicky <laughs> yeah um so uh yeah it just gets all more and more awkward with Vicky and George head back to the dance floor George is just a dick like he's paying I, no attention to his girlfriend none and it's like if Robin doesn't feel like dancing maybe you know sit down with her yeah <laughs> like, except like you can't be so possessed by the spirit of the dance <laughs> It's just not stopping these fancy feet. He just can't keep, <laughs> can't keep still. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, like he's brought a strange hot girl on their date where they have a long distance relationship. 
uh, and it, she, your girlfriend's clearly unhappy. And instead of hanging out with her and reassuring her, you're just hitting the dance floor with this girl it's that you so brought bad. along. It's such a shit date. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so eventually, Robin tells George he wants to go home, and he's like, "Ooh." I suppose so, we have to. Vicky <laughs> praises Robin, Robin's outfit, but she does so in a way that could be interpreted really badly. <laughs> That's true, actually, yeah. Because <laughs> she's like, oh, where'd you get that blouse, Robin? I've been admiring it all night. And Robin's like, oh, just some store I forget because she's just fucking fed up with this whole yeah. night. And Vicky's like, it's a great colour. I couldn't wear it, but it looks really nice on you. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Oh god! And then they so they have an awkward drive back to Robin's house because she's being dropped off. And Vicky asks to use the loo. And when they go into the house, she sees one of um, the ants' uh, paintings, and she loves the ants' art. And she's like, "Oh wow, that's so cool!" She have one of her her uh, her pictures. And then she is the nosiest person alive. I so... absolutely cannot imagine going into this house of people I didn't know. And doing what she does. Just wandering around, like commenting on the artwork. And then like, yeah, she she picked up a framed photo of Robin that had been taken two years earlier. And she's like, oh, is this your cousin? And Robin snatches it out of her hands. And she's like, no, that's me. Um, and she's like, you? Robin, you've lost so much weight. I'm really impressed. Like, go to the Jacks and get the fuck out of her house, Vicky. <laughs> like, who goes around commenting on fa- family photos when you're literally just popping in to use a loo? This is it. And also go to the loo and maybe let yeah. Robin and her boyfriend be alone together for like the first time all evening <laughs> and then wait in the fucking car. <laughs> well, Robin says, and obviously this is rude, but I, I get why she says it, even though it's, I know. it's not. She go, when, so when Vicky says, you've lost so much weight, I'm really impressed. Also, it's for all you know, she lost so much weight because she had a, you know, serious disease. I so say something. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't think you should ever you know, use like losing weight as an amazing compliment mm-hmm. yeah. uh, in general. But um, Robin says, gee, thanks. I know I used to be fat Vicky. Oh, God. Yeah. And like if things were awkward before. <laughs> well, Vicky finally goes to the toilet. So God, finally. <laughs> and George finally notices Robin is upset. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, eventually, like after two hours of poor Robin being fucking miserable. Uh, but yeah, he kind of gives out to her. He's like, what's wrong with you tonight? Um, she's like, nothing. But uh, yeah, then he's kind of saying he's, he has to drop. Yeah, I have to drop Vicky off at her friend's house. Sorry now. So Vicky could have been hanging out with her fucking friend all evening and <laughs> oh! clearly did not have to come on this fucking date in the first place. So when Hal bailed out, surely be like, all right, Vicky, do you want to just hang out with your friend instead? Or why Vicky wouldn't suggest that? I don't know. But it's just the more I'm looking at this, the more it looks like she is trying to steal George from Robin's voice. She is. <laughs> you sneaky bitch, Vicky. We're on to you. <laughs> just as the book went on, I was like, oh my God. Vicky. <laughs> Robin is this right. Is not cool, Vicky. <laughs> yeah. But the next morning, George comes over and says he was really embarrassed by his strange behaviour. And he should be embarrassed about taking a random hot girl on his date with his girlfriend he hasn't seen for like two weeks. Yeah. Which Robin basically says. Uh, yes, fair. She's like, maybe you shouldn't have brought another girl on our date. Uh, but, like, but you know what happened? Hal was supposed to come and it, oh, shut up. Like, this is such bullshit. Ugh. But yeah, she's... She's just, and poor Robin just isn't in a great place anyway at the minute because she's just like, she's already 
you know off form mm. and now she just feels kind of hurt by this whole thing mm. and she's getting worried now because she's like people like Vicky never had to suffer the kind of humiliation Robin had to suffer they were born beautiful and lucky and she just feels really kind of down on herself and like she has to just work so hard for everything yeah um and it's oh it's so sad but yeah she's just she's not in a great place and George is just so fucking obsessed with how rude she was to Vicky and not really noticing the fact that his girlfriend clearly is upset about something yeah. here and there's more going on than just this but anyway yeah he's the worst he really <laughs> pushes it until she says fine I didn't like her yeah um, and then he's like why what's not to like <laughs> the fucking hint George read a room <laughs> once in your life Jesus <laughs> so uh, poor Robin is just understandably in a terrible mood after this um, yeah. when he leaves and she weighs herself and realizes she's gained some weight and then just, just scolds herself for what she sees as being a failure. And then she outlines her strict diet that she's going to follow. And um, yeah, it's it's really not enough food. To say the least. Oh God, it, no, like it's it's bad. And also um, it goes into some details about what she's going to do. And my notes say this book is a fucking manual. Yeah, it's it, it, bad. There's a few things in it that she does that people I know who had eating disorders did that mm. are sort of like tricks in order to keep yourself standing up basically yeah. um, without, you know, without eating things people could do to like feel the fall or mm, yeah and, suppress uh, hunger and that kind of thing and just yeah, yeah. list them all so uh yeah fair, i mean i guess they're trying to show the reality of it but at the same time i wouldn't be surprised if there were kids who read this book and were like oh but that's what this you is do. the thing you feel like if you were if you were not in a great place as a kid reading it what you're going to uh, take away from this is oh this is how she did it not that was a terrible thing you know yeah exactly well, the cheerleaders are delighted by how well their scheme is doing and they've got all their arrangements of donations set up. Um, but uh, Robin Kant is starting to just be feel repulsed by the thought of ice cream at all. I mean, I feel repulsed by the thought of all that ice cream in the kiddie pools, but it is not this, the same thing. This particular ice cream and yeah. the method of it being displayed and eaten, yes, yeah. is disgusting. <laughs> so there is that. There is. Well, we're told that La Cara is lunching on dressing-free salad. Good God. Uh, oh, Robin is, yeah. Oh, Robin, yeah. Um, and uh, she's kind of looking at the others like a Cara's grilled cheese sandwich and is kind of repulsed by it and feeling, thinking how unhealthy it is. And she's annoyed by how disorganized all the other cheerleaders are. And she realizes she's going to end up doing most of the hard and mean stuff. And um, it's a bit tense because she, yeah, she's she's a little bit snappy kind of with the the cheerleaders I yeah. think yeah when she feels like they haven't done as much as they were supposed to yet um yeah it, it kind of yeah her form isn't great and they're kind of realizing that there's, there's something up with her or just that she's kind of particularly like pushing them to to get this stuff done so they're a bit like yeah all right all right captain or whatever like yeah, yeah. so um yeah there's a moment when Sandy asks her if she um wants Sandy's going to get dessert from the cafeteria counter and asks Robin if she wants a cookie and Robin's about to say yes but then Jessica asks about how George's class is going and Robin immediately says she doesn't want a cookie so she's miserably eats her dry salad so later, Liz shows Jess the front page Sunday story. Jess is delighted and we're told that Sweet Valley News are going to cover the event and Edith's mom showed it to her boyfriend at the TV station so it might be on the telly news too. So Ooh. it's going to be a, a, a fine affair. <laughs> later, Robin is ringing George. There's no answer. She hasn't heard from him in days. 
Yeah, and he did say he'd call her when when they last were chatting to each other. Yeah. Like I know they kind of left obviously on on not super great terms, but he did say, "Look, I'll call you." Um, and yeah, it's just been radio silence from him. Yeah, and she's been trying to ring him, and she hasn't heard from mm. him. So she goes in for dinner, and it's cheese, it's chicken, peas, potatoes, and carrots. And she asks if the carrots have butter. She's told there's some margarine on them. That sounds very unappetizing. It does, but it's also very 80s or like uh, early 90s as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just the thought of it, like a store for margarine. Not even Flora. Sliding off things because it never really melts into anything. Oh. But again, you're looking, I mean, look, you know, sorry, Americans, but your butter is fucking terrible. Oh, <laughs> so that's like, true. Maybe the know, margarine American... isn't any worse. Well, there you go. Yeah, they, they don't know proper butter <laughs> we're sorry Americans but it Fortunes. is true Irish butter spoils you for literally <laughs> everything here. yes it's true I think they can get Kerrygold anyway in some shops over there oh yeah but, they probably uh, can and actually yeah. they can because I know it exports things it, it, that's true. it does have a Kerrygold does have like an international oh, exporting yeah. thing yeah. So. I think there was a whole thing of people putting Kerrygold into their coffee or something it was like oh, no you're doing it wrong America stop it <laughs> Put it on toast. Oh. Yes. Dairy gold or um, dairy gold? No, dairy gold is is, uh, is borderline margarine. Yeah. <laughs> not as bad though. Well, um, Robin says she can't eat the carrots with margarine on them, and then she basically divides her meal up into what she can and can't eat. And when mm. she's finished, there's virtually nothing on the on the eat side. Yeah. And her mother is is surprised and says that she's usually famished by dinner time, but Robin doesn't that really gets to Robin. Yeah, in her mind, apparently famished was just another word for greedy, and she reckons it was time to cut back on her food intake. Mm. And it's just oh like yeah, the yeah, it, it really just kind of kicks up a gear from here. For yeah. kind of food issues in particular. Yeah. Yeah. And her mother is like, well, you always looked fine. Uh you're or you look fine. And and Robin says, That's what she said when I was fat. And it's a really awkward moment. And she's like, do you want me to get fat again? Do you like me fat? And Robin then runs away crying. Oh, God. And her poor mother is uh, is just very upset by all this. Of course. Yeah. Like it's, it's yeah, it's very awkward for everybody. I think, yeah, no, nobody really knows what to say. Mm. And it's it's just very sad. Yeah. Well, the next day, the twins are heading to school in the car and they see Robin trudging along. They offer her a lift and she says no, not because the car is a death trap, but because... <laughs> She needs the exercise, she says. And Liz jokes, oh, cheerleading practice and diving isn't enough for you. And Robin seriously says no. And then we get a quite, I guess, quite a, it's too little too late. But we get a bit of an acknowledgement that the last book or the first book Robin starred in did not have a hugely healthy message. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and they do they do actually say as well now at this point that there's kind of circles under Robin's eyes and her she looks tired and kind of drawn. Yeah. So we're we're starting to see like a quite a difference, not like a, a bad difference in in her appearance that way. Yeah. Yeah. And Liz remembers how determined she was back when she went on her running around the tr- the track and the school track, that's right, and skipping yeah. meals and jogging up and down the bleachers and says she has the same determined expression now, but there's something else too, a look of desperation in her eyes. Yeah, um, it's, yeah, it's that she recognizes, I suppose, that yeah, this things weren't great before and yeah, just this this is a uh, not 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 the best thing. Yeah. So she asks Jessica, does she know Robin's on a diet? And Jessica doesn't give a shit. She's like, oh, yeah. So what if she wants to be skinnier? And Liz is perturbed. But Jessica, of course, does not care because she doesn't not care about other human beings. A bit. No, ever. Never. 
So later the cheerleaders and Liz, who's now like head of their publicity committee for some reason, they're planning how they'll sell tickets. And Robin is basically doing all the the hard admin work. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the kind of, yeah, the stuff that isn't as much fun, mm. basically. She's kind of, and it's like even from the start, she kind of knew she was going to be stuck with all that stuff. Um, But yeah, also her kind of like control issues are kind of coming into play as well with all yeah. this. But um. Yeah, she kind of says that, look, she'll handle the money and kind of volunteers herself for a lot of it and kind of says secretly she didn't trust anyone else with the money. And since they weren't honest, she just didn't think they were very reliable, which, you know, fair. (laughs) True, true, true. (laughs) And reckons, you know, it was just safer for her to take charge of things. Yeah. She notices Liz looking at her with worry and thinks Elizabeth could be very persistent if she thought a friend was upset or in trouble. She sure can. I mean, that's putting it mildly. Robin runs off and goes to the library just to sort of have a moment of peace and to think but she falls asleep oh yeah she's really tired and of course she's exercising so much now as well as not eating properly so it's her body is not in a great way even at this stage and the librarian kind of wakes her up like not too pleased and is like you know don't use my library as a bedroom and kicks her out to class but um yeah she kind of starts to realize maybe she's she's tiring herself out more than she kind of planned to or thought she was going to She's also sleeping less, I think, because she's walking to school now. So, but she's like, oh, you know, this will all be worth it to to keep George. Yeah. Basically. And she feels she's worth it when she weighs herself later and sees she's lost a few pounds. And she drives the uh, the the cheerleaders very hard at practice. And the others think she's being too much of a perfectionist. But she disagrees. And then she stays late to one laps after their energetic practice. Yeah, it's a it's a lot. She is doing the most. Mm. So later, George rings. And when she asks him where he's been, because she hasn't been able to get hold of him all week, doesn't even apologise, really. Well, I guess he does. But he says, he says that he and Vicky were working together on their flying class. Like, oh, they had some, like, examination coming up or something. So they had to do loads of study for it. And it's like, you know that Vicky, by the fact that you're so close to Vicky, kind of bothers Robin. And, like, the first thing he does is just talk about Vicky. I know. Like, ah, <laughs> uh, At least, wait. also, you could have rung her, George. Like days ago, literally ten minutes, he could have just said, "Look, I'm super busy, but you know, we need we will ch- we'll have a proper chat, and I'll come down and see you as soon as I can, or yeah. something like." Just the radio silence is really bad. It is. Well, they apologize to each other, and he says he's going to come up and take her to a posh restaurant, Villa mm. Marino. Ooh, <gasps> I live in Marino, but we don't. <gasps> oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> the Marino is a small suburb of Dublin near Dublin Bay. It's not a. Sub- it doesn't have uh, posh restaurants. Sadly. Fancy restaurants. It does have a uh, Georgian Pleasure Palace, however, so you do have that. In oh, it does. <laughs> Listeners, Google the casino at Marino in Dublin. Otherwise, you'll probably get something in like San Marino or something. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, it is kind of magical. It's just up the road from my house. It's really cool. It's such a cool little mad thing. Yeah, yeah it's closed <laughs> at the moment, but you can walk around it. So any Dubliners who haven't uh, been there, um, you should check it out because it looks on the outside like it's just one room. And then you go in and it's like a whole little miniature house. I love it so much. It's very cool. Um, and it can you can visit in non-COVID times. You can go in and have a and explore around and fantasize how about how watch how do you let you know you decorate it or lay your furniture out where you'd have the telly in the bookshelves you you put all your sweet valley high books up along with <laughs> under some georgian you know some eight, 1760s uh plaster work yes absolutely it would fit right in <laughs> well sadly george and uh and robin are not going there they're going uh to a to a Bordeaux posh restaurant mm. and Robin decides he's going to look so perfect he won't think of Vicky at all. 
So she gets ready for the date and she's pleased that she's lost some weight. But then um, she she thinks about how thin Vicky looks and she realises she has to get, be even thin or she thinks she has to be even thinner. And we learned mm. that the night before she totally organised her closet, which is a big yeah. deal. Uh, yeah um she's organized everything so everything is like evenly spaced to keep them from wrinkling the shirts and blouses are hung together next to her skirts uh, and then on the other side are her dresses she's things arranged by color as well Hmm. and then it kind of says oh you know keeping things neat and organized helped her feel more in control of things and gave her a nice feeling of satisfaction and again this is the kind of control 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 and she has to have everything a certain way and again this is kind of out of character for robin or at least you know, compared to what we knew about her in the last book. Um, yeah. But it is it is kind of trying to tie it all in with her food issues as well. Mm. It's a bit uh, clumsy, but... It is, yeah. Well, um, yeah, she, she tries on a few things, but she thinks, unfortunately, that they make her look too fat. <sighs> She's not in a good place. And she finally no. picks an outfit and that she thinks will do. And George arrives. They set off. When they get there, he asks how the fundraising event went and she realises doesn't even know it hasn't happened yet. Oh, God. Yeah, she's kind of startled by this and she's like, it's not for a couple of weeks yet. And then George is like, oh, I guess I thought it was already over. And it's like, you clearly just have not been listening to her when she's been talking then. Any of the times oh. you have chatted about her, which was fucking rarely, let's mm. face it. But yeah, it's not. Uh, yeah, George is kind of putting his foot in it straight away as well with this. Oh, my God. Then he gets worse and he goes, you haven't asked me anything about flying yet. <laughs> Fucking talks about his flying now. <laughs> Maybe she's sick of hearing about it, George. <laughs> That's what my notes say. She doesn't have to. He bangs on about it all the time. <laughs> like the one time he asked her a question, he's got everything wrong. So it's like, really, George, you need to make more of an effort here, my dude. Well, she tries to change the subject and talks about some book he gave her for her birthday uh, about the science fiction one about nuclear war. And he goes, I know, I read it too. I was telling Vic. And she interrupts him because the waiter is here. And that is what you call mentionitis. <laughs> Why really do you have is. to say Vicky there, George? Why do you have to bring her in about the book that you gave her for Robin for her birthday? Your girlfriend is trying to talk to you about the book that you gave her that you've also read. So talk about the fucking book. Why are you bringing Vicky into this? <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> So the, the waiter turns up and I guess he gives them the menus for the first time and Robin's mouth waters at the entrees. Now, this is something that has always confused me when reading American things. And somebody told me recently, American listeners tell me if this is true, that when they say entree, they mean main course. Oh. Uh, Which sounds wrong. Yes. And I don't no, th- yeah, they, they do. But yeah, it does sound wrong. <laughs> like, based on what the word actually means. Yeah. It is confusing, yeah. <laughs> well, can you tell us what she orders for her so-called entree? I... <laughs> Damn it, Robin. <laughs> I was rooting for you. <laughs> In my best Tyra Banks. Um, so yeah, Robin is going to have uh, linguine with clam sauce. <laughs> mm, delicious. Okay, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> And a Caesar salad. Any feelings about that? Uh, I'm ambivalent towards salad in general, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I quite like Caesar salad if it's got a shitload of pancetta in it. Oh, well then. Yeah, you see, if it's got cheese and meat in it, then I'm on board with that kind of salad. If it's a vehicle to bacon, then I'm fine with that. Yes. <laughs> then Robin, well, George says, I have stuffed mushrooms for an appetizer and a lasagna. Yeah. Stuffed mushrooms now. 
I mean, yeah, well, mushrooms for starters wouldn't be that unusual, I, I don't just, think. Just, just the idea of having a big thing of mushrooms stuffed with stuff before lasagna. I don't know why, it just, it just seemed odd to me. Maybe I was just blindsided by the clams. Or maybe it's because I haven't eaten in a restaurant for so long. Maybe that's what it is. We forget how it works. True. Well, Robin desperately wants him to not talk about flying and Vicky because she just can't mm. bear it. Um, and of course, he does notice that she's being weird, but he gets the wrong end of the stick yeah he it's like he thinks that she's like worried about his safety or something yeah because um, he had that accident where he nearly killed he did. <laughs> that is true <laughs> and that was just like three weeks ago yeah. but like <laughs> yeah he kind of says um are you worried about this flying class i'm taking and robin's she's about to say something and he's like you know i'll be totally safe and i'm not going to choke up or freeze or anything and you know i'm, I'm getting all that anxiety about the accident completely out of the way and Robin is kind of pissed off about this because she kind of realizes that he doesn't even kind of hasn't figured out that she might be worried about their relationship and feels yeah. like he's being very insensitive, like which he is and says, you know, he's been insensitive a lot lately, which he has. Uh, 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 then, he gets, <laughs> then he gets worse. Oh, God. Yeah. He like, gets, <laughs> this is actually mind blowingly terrible. Truly, this is a step too far from George because he's like, uh, you know, listen, I have to tell you something. I'm really sorry, but I won't be able to come home next Friday. And she's like, oh, shit, why not? But like not being able to come home is one thing. The reason is absolute pure bullshit. Oh so he's God. like, I promised Vicky a driver to her parents' house. She doesn't have a car. So I offered to take her. Uh, sorry, is she fucking allergic to the bus? Like, get oh. out of here. Also, doesn't she have any other friends? Come on, if she's so fucking amazing and popular, then where the hell are all her friends to like bring her to her parents' house? Like, this is awful. And then George says, she invited you to come along. She did her whole. But yeah. I remembered you said you didn't like her very much. So I told Vicky you would be busy. Oh my God. Like. <laughs> I'm actually speechless. You're so terrible. Seriously, George, what the hell? <gasps> Wow. So uh, Robin just stares at him and he's like, what? <laughs> it's like, George, can oh you hear God. yourself? Seriously, yeah, she she doesn't even know what to say. And he kind of just sort of babbles. He's like, I only offered to drive her because she's been such a great partner in class oh, and she's really helped me. And he's being defensive. So yeah. you kind of, you feel like he knows he's in the wrong here, but he just keeps blustering on. And he's like, I wanted to tell you right away so you wouldn't be disappointed later in case you were going to make plans or something. Like, God forbid you'd want to hang out with her fucking boyfriend. Oh like, my come on, George. God. Oh, oh. Just, uh, I'm so angry. So mad at him. So <laughs> angry. Well... <laughs> uh, it, yeah, he's just—he's just—he's just actually mind-blowingly terrible. I think I'm. Yeah, he's crossed a line um, into being one of the very worst Sweet Valley boyfriends. You know what? It's true. He did not deserve to get as far as he did. No. In our poll, you know what? Ken Matthews would never. So no, absolutely <laughs> never ever would not. This would not happen with Ken. Well, Ken wouldn't have cheated somebody with somebody already while flying with them. Very true. <laughs> so, and then what happens next? This scene is actually really realistic. Oh, God. So, yeah. But, and I think everybody also has been in a, uh, not for the same reason, but the sort mm. of situation where you kind of know you're being unreasonable and somehow you can't stop yourself. So, yeah. 
Robin look the food arrives and Robin just looks at it in disgust and not because it's clams it is the Caesar salad and <laughs> she can't bring herself to eat it so she puts the fork down and she's like I don't want it she's kind of rude about it she is yeah it's it is very awkward yeah um, and George is kind of sarcastic with her which I don't know why he's he's going about it that way which is a bit weird well yeah well he's sort of first of all he's confused then he's pissed off and th- he asks is this about Vicky is it something with Vicky and she's like I wish you weren't so excited about going away with her and he's like I don't get why you don't like her it's, why do you think George you foisted <laughs> this girl on her when you were meant to be having a date and now you're like oh yeah I'm going off with her for a weekend <laughs> She absolutely has to have me drive her to her parents' house. Yes. There's no other way. And then he basically gaslights her and says, why would you think I don't love you? What could make you think I don't? A dozen possibilities race through Robin's mind. But she didn't mention them. The lack of phone calls, the fascination mm-hmm. with Vicky, is not remembering her important plans. Yes. Exactly. But again, that's also very relatable where you have all these things in your head and you just can't bring yourself to say them out loud to the person. Yeah. So you're just and kind I- of... Oh. Look, you're just kind of fuming and can't and really get the words and, out. And oh. You know you're being, you're not, you know, you could be acting better than this. And yes. yet it seems to be happening anyway. Oh. So Robin's main chorus arrives and she sends it back kind of rudely again. Yeah. She's just like, I don't want it. I don't want it. And the waiter is like, oh, okay. Um, and it's a very awkward moment. And George is, doesn't know what the hell is going on. Um, and is asking her why she won't eat which I guess is fair enough yeah that's true but yeah he's extremely embarrassed by the whole thing and how rude she was to the 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 waiter that had brought the food Mm. so it's just like yeah he just doesn't he can't figure out what's going on he's like what's going on are you still upset about Vicky because there's nothing to worry about I love you um and they just end up kind of having a row because she's just like oh you know you have a funny way of showing it Um, and yeah it all just kind of escalates and then she says um he gets angry and says, just because we're going out doesn't really give you the right to run my life, Robin. You know how important this flag class is to me. And if I want to be friends with my partner, I will. I'm going to Vicky's house and that's it. It's like, Ugh. you have a long distance girlfriend and you are making her feel very insecure. And okay, she's being very weird in this restaurant, but mm. it didn't come out of nowhere, George. Just telling yeah, you that. True. So he's... He basically he's he can't eat his uh, his meal. He just puts down his fork and says, "Look, this is ridiculous. We need to go home." Mm. And they're um, they're silent all the way home. And Robin feels that she's le- losing George despite her efforts. And he says, "Oh, I wish you could trust me." As my note say in all caps, "You cheated <laughs> on on Enid with your last flying partner. Why should Robin trust you? You have form in this exact situation." And he's literally putting this new friend ahead of his girlfriend. So, yeah. like, what? Why do you think that is, George? <laughs> and I do think that if you if somebody got together when one of them was cheating on his girlfriend, he should acknowledge, okay. I know I may have cheated on Enid with you, but this is different. But he doesn't even acknowledge the fact that he That's has form true. in this regard. Yeah, he's very kind of oblivious to to, mm. to to kind of quite obvious things that Robin would be feeling right now. Mm, exactly. And doesn't say anything really reassuring apart from, I no. don't get why you don't trust me. Yeah, he just gets mad at her. And it's like, mm. well, that's not the fucking move. No, it's not helping. So when Robin gets home, she realizes her mother has like brought up some laundry and totally disorganized or reorganized her perfectly arranged closet and she just loses Mm. the rag. 
Oh yeah, her poor mom because she's mm. just she doesn't know where this is coming from or what's going on because this is just her like she's done her daughter solid and put away her clothes for her. But yeah, Robin just flips out when she sees her system all messed up, um, and yeah, she just kind of is like you know you don't understand, just forget it, and kind of just you know sorry, snapped at you, whatever, just tries to to end the whole thing. But like her mom is kind of worried now and mm. clearly knows something is up with her daughter, but just just doesn't know what it is or where it's come from. So she kind of her mom looks really anxious when she leaves the room, and Robin just oh she's really sad and this whole thing is so sad and you know it's so sad maybe we should just take a little break from the sadness oh yes uh so sorry this sounds so low energy but uh <laughs> okay let's get ourselves back up again <laughs> just make myself angry by thinking about george stupid george <laughs> well as you know everybody we are proud members of the headstuff podcast network and we always like to take a moment to let you know about some other shows that are on the network that you might enjoy and this uh week we're going to suggest you check out basically with stephanie preissner yeah so for uh basically stephanie chats to literally everybody like there's so oh, many really? different kinds of guests she has on she's chatted to Roz Purcell to Michal Martin like she'll have on politicians like doctors like Luke O'Neill so episodes could be about Covid like personal finance mental health all kinds of stuff like if like if you're alive there'll be something you're interested <laughs> in in one of her episodes and she just has great chats with people who know what they're talking about uh, and it just kind of breaks everything down to basics and yeah you can have a little listen to what the show is like now. My name is Stephanie Preisner and my podcast is called Basically. And basically, it makes complex things basic. Are you confused by health insurance? Are you confused by getting a mortgage? Are you confused about how to sort out your personal finances? Any of the things that confuse you, I can make basic for you. We've had guests like Luke O'Neill, Harry Barry, Mary Lou MacDonald, Roz Purcell, and on Taoiseach, Nihal Martin. It's hard for me to promote the podcast because it really is what you want me to explain. So tune in and I hope you like it. And now back to Sweet Valley where Robin is in a very bad place. Um, it, the next morning after the disastrous date with George, her mother has tried to cheer her up by making her favourite breakfast. Aww. But Robin's not having it. Oh God. Yeah. Like her mom has made pancakes and bacon, which, oh, amazing. Like sounds so good. <laughs> but yeah. And her mom is like, you know, will you just have one, maybe even just like one little pancake with a little bit of syrup? And yeah, Robin just doesn't want any of it, just isn't impressed with any of this and starts giving out about, oh, you know, no wonder I was so fat and you made me fat by constantly stuffing me full of things like pancakes and bacon. And again, her poor mom, like I think, I think her mom actually kind of sniffs here. Like maybe she's yeah. getting upset now and starting to cry and it's, Oh, it's just desperately sad here. Um, but she's kind of like, look, I don't know what's gotten into you and I never see you eating anything anymore. Yeah. And I'm really getting worried. So Robin kind of just straight up lies to her mom here and says, oh, you know, I'm eating a lot at school and yeah. there's no need to worry. Which, uh, which it's another level of grimness here as well, because she's just kind of getting deeper and deeper into her in a spiral. issues. And yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a downward spiral here. Yeah, for sure. It really so it's, is. It's, it's, yeah, it's it's bleak. And uh, she remembers when food was a source of happiness for her. Like she actually has really nice memories of having, you know, hot chocolate and, and pancakes and all these, you know, mm. treat foods with her, uh, with her, with her mom and her brothers. But she realizes that she doesn't even have an appetite anymore. And she tells herself that when she's lost enough weight, she'll start, you know, letting herself expand her her palate again. Yeah. Um. 
So she walks to school, but when she gets there, she's kind of freaked out because she realizes she doesn't, she's kind of just been in a daze the whole mm, walk. She doesn't remember she's anything about the walk. Yeah, it's a little bit alarming. And she kind of is surprised when she even gets to school and realizes that she was sort of, yeah, just had zoned out for the yeah. whole thing and kind of arrived there without even realizing. Mm. And kind of, it makes her nervous that she had spaced out this much to this extent. Yeah. So she's kind of like, oh God, okay, I better just focus up now and, and see what, what books I need for my first class. But yeah, she's a little bit spooked by this mm. weird kind of feeling. And then she's even more spooked because Lois approaches her and says she wants to help her with the fundraiser. Basically, Lois makes Robin uncomfortable because she reminds her of what she used to be like, except mm. she's happy. Yes. Um, so uh, she asks if she could, you know, she wants to help out. So she asks if she could sell tickets for the fundraiser. Riser, Razor, <laughs> and Robin is baffled by Lois's chill vibe. Yeah, because like Lois, Lois sounds so lovely in this book. Like I feel like they've they've obviously kind of retconned her character somewhat. Yeah. But um, but she just sounds so lovely and fun and like cheerful. Um, because she's just like, oh, you know, I'd I'd love to to get involved in this. I'll I'll buy a bunch of tickets myself if I can. She's like, you know, I love ice cream, and like Robin like looks at Lois and is completely baffled by Lois's attitude and she's like you know doesn't she worry about her weight and it makes no sense at all that she could joke about eating lots of ice cream uh, and Robin's like you know you'd think she'd be embarrassed about being so fat Robin told herself which again is just Robin's mm. awful issues kind of coming to the surface but like yeah it bothers her that Lois is so unbothered yeah and uh, it also and chilled yeah yeah and it also bothers her and I think this is actually quite a good psychological detail I can't believe I'm saying mm. these words but it bothers her that <laughs> she said she thinks that Lois's hair was so pretty because it's like she's really the idea that somebody can be fat and attractive is really messing with all the internal stuff that she's got going on very much so which yeah, I thought so was quite a nice on... note that is true yeah yeah no that is yeah like that's the thing about this book they kind of they do they get some details quite well done yeah Yeah, and others maybe not so much but it has its moments like an attempt is being made yeah and I think that that is quite a good you know it's quite a complicated thing that they're conveying there that Lois sort of offers an alternative image Mm. of somebody who didn't lose weight and looks great and uh is you know and, and and that gets to Robin because obviously that does contradict her own narrative that she's and what she's been telling herself. herself yeah yeah so she tells Robin that she'll give uh, she'll, or sorry Robin tells her that she'll give her some tickets to sell at lunchtime but she's still so unnerved by this encounter she gives the tickets to Annie to pass on to Lois yeah, and uh, she meets up with Chrome Dome sorts of permissions for the event and uh, Jessica when she tells Jessica about this um, Jessica is really dismissive of like oh god a boring speech from Chrome Dome but Robin this to Robin just reminds her that you know all the she's the only person who can handle the serious admin because the rest of them don't take it seriously that's it yeah yeah she's she's the only one that, that is actually reliable on this team and will get the job done and it's not, she's not wrong yeah so after school she goes to diving practice and uh, her swimsuit is getting too big and her coach, Dina, calls her over and uh, Dina's got her eye on the ball. Oh, 
like thank god somebody does but yeah. yeah um yeah dina pulls her aside and says look you know i've noticed you've lost a lot of weight recently and robin's like no not not a lot and kind of tries to dismiss it but dina's like look you're an athlete in training and you shouldn't be dieting without a doctor's supervision uh, and robin's like oh yeah I'm, I'm i keep meaning to make an appointment and i will you know as soon as as i can but dina's kind of not convinced yeah and- not at all pushes her again to look how many calories a day are you eating you know in a you need to eat because you're an athlete yeah um so and again robin just kind of tries to fob her off Mm. but dina's like look you know i hope i hope you're being sensible and that you're getting adequate nutrition and enough to to support you through you know your diving practice and cheerleading because it's fairly hectic the amount of sport that she's into yeah and she's like you know, she can see her sizing up the swimsuit as well. And Robin's like, oh, you know, it's just it, the suit just got old and baggy. You know how the chlorine takes the stretch out. But uh, Dina kind of pulls her up as well and says, look, your diving isn't fine. And you seem like you're only about 75 percent here. Have you been tired lately? So she's like, she's not letting her off. No, not at all. These excuses really at all. Yeah. Kind of keeps coming back at her. But Robin keeps just trying to like, oh, reassure her and not really, you know, make a big deal out of any of this. Yeah. And as the practice goes on, Robin pushes herself further to impress um, her coach. But as the practice goes on, she feels tired and she feels really cold, Mm. um, which is obviously is a big thing when you've lost too much weight. And eventually Dina just tells her, go home. Yeah. And she's very terse with her. So Dina is very suspicious, I think, in this whole scene. But I also feel like it's a shame that Dina doesn't like ring her mom or. Yeah, you know. that's the thing, because she does. She's she's got the right instincts there, but she should that's check it. with her mother. The follow through wasn't there. But yeah, Dina, Dina is on the ball to a point. Mm. But yeah, I just wish that she had kind of taken it a bit further. Mm. Well, on Tuesday, the twins are putting up posters for the Sunday thing. And Jess gives out about Robin being a dictator. And Liz is concerned. It doesn't sound like Robin to or to be so cross and bossy but apparently she's been kind of acting out a bit like she yes. threw a fit when Todd sat in her seat for French class <laughs> fucking Todd you probably had it coming but yeah <laughs> people should yeah, yell at Todd more often yeah, he could use it but yeah again it's this kind of thing where you know the seats aren't assigned so he hasn't done anything wrong but again this is just Robin's kind of control issues kind of spiralling out a bit as well that she has to have everything a certain way mm. or else it's it's bad for her yeah Jess also says typical amount of sympathy she doesn't Mm. even look good in fact I think she looks terrible she's got big circles under her eyes and her cheeks are so hollow it looks as if she's starving Uh, and Jessica doesn't really give a shit but Elizabeth is genuinely frightened like this is is scary this is it I think it's the word starving that kind of rings alarm bells for her and she's just like oh god do you think she actually is and kind of thinks god maybe I should talk to her about it like if she's not eating anything that's mm-hmm. not dieting that's fasting yeah um but Jessica is just like she just doesn't care she's like oh forget about it you can't say anything to her you know you can't talk to this one basically is, is Jessica's attitude yeah so in the canteen Robin is she's consuming something that I know people who have eating disorders consume to help them get through the day for um I'm not good to mention what it is, but uh, she's all lightheaded anyway. She hasn't eaten any proper food mm. for like 48 hours, probably. And she's all woozy. And Liz joins her and asks if she's eating anything. And she says she's not hungry. Um, and Liz tries to gently push it. But Robert is again distracted by the sight of Lois and Jean yeah. White. 
Mysterious dude, why is whoever he is? Very mysterious, this guy. <laughs> Here's a mystery guy that probably won't put you in the boot of a car. <laughs> but like, <laughs> we hope not. Yeah. He seems like a lovely boyfriend. He, he does seem like a very sound guy from what we can gather, at least. <laughs> We're just constantly here, seeing him having fun with Lois at a distance. Love, they seem to be a very chill, enjoyable couple. So like, yeah. good for them. But um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, she's just kind of, again, sees Lois and it's just like, doesn't it bother Jean that Lois is heavy? And it's like, it obviously didn't because they're just like laughing away and having a lovely time together and Robin's like you know to all who saw them they were the perfect picture of a couple in love so she kind of yeah spent and then yeah she sees Enid as well as another thing that kind of happens yeah where again it's like oh Robin had never felt comfortable around Enid because it always reminded her of the way George had deceived her Enid mm. of course uh, and she's like he could be doing the same thing to me right now she yeah, thought right unhappily and like yeah he's not giving you reason to think otherwise exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah so she realises history is repeating itself or she thinks it is she runs away and she almost collapses on the way to the locker room oh god yeah she really like she, it's not even that she can't focus like even walking is starting to be a bit of a, a trial mm. and she's just she's really getting lightheaded and dizzy and it's it's not good it's it's not going well at all yeah and there's apparently there's some scales in the locker room which sounds very unhealthy but um she weighs herself there and see she's lost a few more pounds she even realizes with herself when she looks at herself in the mirror that she looks kind of gaunt and her clothes are hanging off her so she thinks okay i have to eat something she returns to the cafeteria and uh, it has to be said that the food in the cafeteria do not does not sound. <laughs> in fact, it it just sounds repulsive. Quite frankly, I think the, I think the fact that it's in steaming basins really doesn't help the case <laughs> there as well. <laughs> I mean, it's not the most appetizing um, method of <laughs> displaying food. I would say. Also, it doesn't sound like a very healthy array. No, that is true too. <laughs> well, neither appetizing nor healthy. So there's huge mounds of baked ziti in tomato sauce, heaps of peas and corn. Ugh, I hate corn so much. Ugh. Well, corn are my clams, basically. Oh, so, wow, really? Not, Did not know this about not you. Not quite as bad, but if sweet corn is, is I think it's the texture. There's something horrible about it. Just, oh, wow, ugh. okay. Interesting. Finally, we found your food kryptonite. <laughs> <laughs> just me being traumatised by clams all the time. Well, to be honest, coriander and prawns are my true kryptonite. In fact, once oh, my nephew... Dirty coriander, it tastes mm, like soap. It's awful. It does taste like soap. Yes. Thank, yes. Okay, we can, we can agree on that. Yeah. <laughs> Though that's a genetic thing, if it tastes like soap. Apparently there's like something in it that some people have sensors in their taste buds for. And that's okay, why yeah. people who don't like coriander, it's not like, oh, I just don't like it. It's always, it tastes like soap. It tastes like soap. It tastes wrong. Like, why is this in with food? <laughs> it tastes like somebody has squirted washing up liquid in yeah. some noodles. Ugh. Ugh. and I, I yes I, it was uh it's a I always appreciate places where I say you know can you not put fresh you know can you remove any fresh <laughs> coriander garnish because sometimes yeah. it's just sprinkled on the top just wrecking the oh, gaff for no just reason to ruin your day yeah. yes <laughs> luckily most places if you ask for no fresh coriander are good about it um yeah. <laughs> but corn is not is not quite as bad as that but it does okay. there's something about it that just is bleh. okay um, yeah. well that's part of the array of steaming <laughs> basins in Sweet Valley. And there's also rows of burgers and di- jello. A very balanced meal. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Robin gets some corn and a burger. A bowl of corn. Ugh. Um, 
but she can't bear to eat in public and apparently that's sort of become a thing for her now she just does, feels yeah. really self-conscious about eating which is pretty realistic as well that is true and yeah she can't even touch the burger yeah it's it's kind of gotten to the point where she's kind of she's just built it up so much in her head that she can't even she can barely look at it let alone pick up mm. the burger or, or any food really at this stage but I suppose this burger does sound particularly gross it does. but again that's not really like the, the point of this it is just the fact yeah. that she's kind of she's in her head so much that she really can't even if that she's trying to eat she actually can't that it's gotten to this point like things are this bad now yeah and then she also which is really sad she blames herself she basically thinks she can't even diet without fucking it up so, you know, and it's like this just typical of what a mess she's making of her life. So Liz finds her and asks if she's OK because she's run away from uh, the from the, the can- cafeteria. Liz, I guess, mm. saw her uh, unless Liz just has a homing instinct for. Oh, look, someone's in distress. <laughs> Quick. <laughs> you don't even need to put up the Liz signal. She's just there. Her spidey senses are tingling. <laughs> So she says she's taking Robin to the nurse, but Robin can't admit, bear to admit that her, you know, that her life is is a mess as she sees it. So she claims she's just stressed about the Super Sunday, and Liz is not convinced. Yeah, in fairness, Liz does try to to get her to see the nurse, and actually, mm. like, nearly tries to drag her yeah. to the office. But Robin just isn't having it. She's just like, no, look, I'm fine. I'm grand. I'm just stressed. Uh, And she manages to, well, not really convince Liz because she's still kind of uneasy about this whole thing. But she's like, look, Robin, I'm worried about you. You look like you've lost way too much weight. Um, And Robin's like, oh, you know, it's just the pressure I'm under. It'll be fine. And she's kind of holding herself together long enough to get out of this exchange with Liz. Um, because like as soon as she kind of gets rid of her, Robin has to go back into the girls' room and like sit down again to pull herself together because yeah. she just has no energy as well on top of everything else. You know? No, I just wish Liz had gone to get some wise counsel from a certain teacher. <gasps> that's who's missing. Perfect opportunity for him. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, there's people who should maybe you know contact Robin's parents or talk to yeah. somebody in authority. Like, there are people who have noticed something's wrong, but they're not. Mm. They they're sort of a bit powerless. Um, so later, the cheerleaders head to the city hall to meet the mayor for their press opportunity. Liz or Jess flirts with the photographer, who I hope doesn't flirt back because he's clearly a grown man. I know he works for the Sweet Valley News. So like, please step away from the 16 year old. <laughs> well, he doesn't really flirt with her, but she tries her best uh, because apparently if she's a model, she'll need professional photos. Oh, God, this again. <laughs> <laughs> we're told that uh, even though she's jealous of Maria's glory as the mayor's daughter she has a bit of a could have been me she thinks she'll be on the first front page of tomorrow's morning paper and that would be a thrill she knew that one of these days she would make her mark just how she was going to make it wasn't so clear yet (laughs) what again this is her you know I'm going to be a star by doing what (laughs) I haven't figured that out yet (laughs) having some professional photos is a good first step from there There anything could happen apparently (laughs) All she needs is a good headshot and she's sorted. <laughs> oh, well, Robin arrives, but uh, she's late. She's very late. Um, mm. But they initially, the, the cheerleaders think that she's got the wrong uniform. Oh, God. Yeah, like her, apparently her uniform looks about three sizes too large for her. And they kind of think, you know, or is it Jessica says, like, where did you even get that uniform? And Robin's like, this is my uniform. So it's kind of a mm. weird moment there. And it's like Jessica's kind of angry well, they're telling us that Jessica's, a part of her is angry that the, the group photo isn't going to look good now because of Robin, because of course that's her mm. priority. But they do kind of say, oh, another part of her was really worried, like, which I do not buy, 
But uh, hmm. yeah, they say that Robin looked as if she was going to drop dead from exhaustion at any moment. So like, oh, it's really not, things are not good at all, visibly even at this yeah. stage for Robin. Um, and even the cheerleaders are a bit quiet for a minute. But again, she just kind of is like, look, let's just fucking get this over with and get this uh, photo done. So they kind of just carry on and, and do that. Yeah, but yeah, it's uh, it's not good. It's not. Uh, we're told Jessica is genuinely worried, but I just don't think she is. Again, no, like she doesn't give a shit about anybody. So, mm. no, I'm not buying that. True. Well, Super Sunday finally arrives. The twins head off there. And Liz, is, I guess this is the one uh, carryover from her obsession with photography. <laughs> <laughs> She's taking pictures. Oh, look at that. Look, at least she's not hanging around playing the recorder. So small mercies. Oh, true. Well, to be honest, I don't know. I might take the recorder over this photojournalism bollocks. Fair. So the preparations are taking place. Again, this ice cream is just going to melt all over the place and be absolutely oh, grotesque. So gross. Yeah, the plan is that they've gotten these like kiddie pools so like inflatable paddling pools mm. that they're stacking into a pyramid like I don't understand how this looks like a sundae <laughs> or is going to be in any way fucking appetising because they're basically just dumping cartons of ice cream into a fucking paddling pool and it's like there you go have at it like with your spoon in your bowl I mean gross I mean even before these pandemic times I think we've been <laughs> repulsed by the prospect even, of this germ even in 1992 this was gross <laughs> Well, um, Jessica uh, is uh, is is very excited about it, and so is Chrome Dome, who Liz interviews until he sees the TV cameras arrive, and him and Jess basically bolt over towards. Them. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> Chrome Dome and Jessica have the same kind of priorities. <laughs> yeah. It's all about the publicity. That's it. <laughs> but meanwhile, Robin isn't there because she's mm. just woken up. Oh God, yeah, she's she was really heavily sleeping and she kind of rolls over and realises that she must have slept through her alarm uh, because I think everyone's gone out of the house or like yeah. her mom was taking her brothers out to a cookout that day. So it was kind of up to her to get herself up. But it's like it's after half 12 and yeah. this thing is supposed to be starting at one o'clock. Yeah. Um, so or the ice cream is scheduled to arrive at one o'clock. That's it. So she's and she's not there. So she's really under pressure now. And like she'd organized this whole thing and now she's going to be super late. But of course, even standing up, she's suddenly mad dizzy and it's oh, she can see it's a clear sunny day, but she feels cold mm. and she's got this violent chill running through her. And it's just she feels terrible um, and kind of. Yeah, eventually kind of gets herself dressed and ready-ish to go. But like, yeah, it's it's a a real process for her to even get herself there. Yeah, it's kind of a nightmarish journey. Like she has to get mm. the bus and she can barely like remember what the fare is or what the coins yeah. are. And when she finally arrives at the school, she's in a daze and she's all groggy as Kara kind of drags her over to the ticket table. And um, she's just zonked. And there's a part of her that wishes George was there, but she knew in her heart that she needed something much more than George. She needed her life back again. Oh, and she God. wonders if she's dying. Oh, so oh, sad. It's really, really sad. And like Jessica's all kind of cross with her for being late and she kind of shoves her over to a table and is like, here, open up the chocolate syrup because this it's is, I don't know, being dumped over the ice cream. It's in like a can as well. <laughs> 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 oh god but yeah poor robin is trying to open this tin and like she's so weak she can't even clamp the the tin opener shut like she's just not able for anything mm. at all at this stage it's quite a, a well done scene again because she just keeps trying to focus on the can and all this chaos is going around and all the cheerleaders mm. are all excited and she just keeps trying again and again to open the can and 
when she finally opens it and just sees all the sort of weird gross syrup inside it's she's just overwhelmed and she falls but luckily Liz sees her in time yeah apparently Liz like shoves Todd toward Robin uh, drops her notebook and camera to the ground and she's like Todd catch her so Todd manages to catch Robin I think before she hits the ground yeah um and uh yeah like robin has fully passed out at this stage yeah. so it's really things have gotten super serious so she gets somebody to call an ambulance um and like there's so much going on at the minute as well that there's like the is it like chromedom was making a speech and the mayor is there and he's yeah. also making a speech and there's cameras and there's people running around the place and it's all a bit chaotic yeah so and then this is all happening as well so she's like oh god and realizes how cold robin feels um, like Jess runs over and she's like what happened to her she looks as if she's dying but uh, yeah Liz is like look she fainted you go over there basically and keep things going Um, so yeah somebody's calling an ambulance I think at this point so it's just they a case are, of kind yeah. of yeah, so so just kind of, yeah, waiting till they get there. Exactly, and actually, the the paramedics arrive, and the uh, one of them says um, that they think Robin has pneumonia and mm. looks malnourished, and her partner, her paramedic partner, says definitely. And when he checks Robin's eyes, uh, he asks if she's on a diet, and Liz. Uh, it says, yeah, she was and actually is is understandably and really distressed because yeah. she feels she did try, but she obviously feels guilty for not trying yeah. harder. She feels like she should have tried harder. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, and to be fair, like, this isn't on Liz, but like, no. you know, you'd understand how she's feeling that way, too. Yeah. So the paramedics take Robin away and Chrome Dome calms the crowd, uh, but then tells Liz, uh, finds out what's what's happened from Liz and Todd mm. and says, at last they have to call Robin's mother. Oh my God, they got to this point though, like just, but look, they got there eventually. (laughs) Well, Robin wakes up in hospital on an IV drip. George is by her side and uh, tells her that she, apparently the doctor told him that uh, she has pneumonia and uh, malnutrition. And that George, oh my God, she has literally passed out from self-starvation and has Mm -hmm. pneumonia and he's just pushing her for answers like in a really obnoxious way. Literally. like, And it's supposed to be like, oh, he's so concerned about her. But like, he's like, the doctor says you're really malnourished. Haven't you been eating? And like Robin closes her eyes because she's fucking exhausted. Like she has collapsed and now woken up in hospital. And he's like, Robin, why don't you answer me? I mean, don't if you don't feel well. But I mean, and it's just like, just fucking back off for a second, George. <laughs> Where was this energy when she actually needed yeah, it? He keeps saying, you're keeping something from me and I don't understand. Oh why won't God. you talk why to me? Because <laughs> she's literally just woken up in hospital after passing out. <laughs> Give her a fucking minute. <laughs> what are you doing to yourself? I can't stand to see you like this. Why? Oh. Why? It's like, oh my God, George, just shut up. Not about you. <laughs> well, Robin thinks that he would be better off with somebody like Vicky. She's perfect. He won't want to bother with someone as messed up as her. Oh, and uh, then Robin's mom comes in and George sniffs and goes, she won't talk to me. (laughs) Pull it together, George. Jesus. (laughs) Mrs. Wilson basically just goes, walk around the grounds for a bit. Don't worry, I've got this. (laughs) Get out of here. And she handles it really well. She doesn't push Robin because obviously she's distressed, but she's like, okay, you know, you don't have to do anything now, just rest. That's the most important thing. So she's, it's really sweet. And, uh, Robin is like, she knows she made herself sick by starving herself, but she can't imagine ever eating again because she's like trained herself to not eat and she feels like she's just 
basically fucked herself up altogether. Then she falls asleep again. <laughs> when she wakes up, <laughs> who is in the fucking room? This bitch. <laughs> fucking <laughs> Vicky. Like, <laughs> who asked you to come here? <laughs> Oh my god! The absolute <laughs> last person that Robin would want to see right now—it's fucking Vicky, and yet here she is <laughs> pushing herself in again. Fuck's sake! <laughs> it says I came with George. Actually, he came with me. Oh, that's just, that's just what she wants to hear. He was so upset I had to drive his car for him because he has no other fucking friends. Oh my god. Uh... And then she's like, I know you're an anorexic. And what? What? Vicky, like, mind your own business. Shut up. This doesn't concern you. Go away. So she hasn't even accepted herself that she's anorexic. Because she says, oh, I was on a diet. And Vicky's like, oh, I know better. And she says, you probably thought I was some sort of competition for you. But I have to tell you, Robin, you're so wrong. George is crazy about you. You're all he ever talks about. Even if I did want him, which I clearly do, I wouldn't have <laughs> chatted you around. That's says, still, even I could tell he was being kind of a jerk about you, Nathie. Kind of selfish. I can see how you might have gotten the wrong idea. So, this isn't what she says, or what she adds, but she should add. So I decided to constantly hang out. I decided to constantly hang out with him and invite him to my house. I know, like there's... Like, yeah, there there were things Vicky could have done to mitigate this situation if she really did realise he was being a jerk. Like, but anyway, and the thing of this whole scene, though, as well, is that we're supposed to be glad to see Vicky because now she's got this great fucking story to tell Robin. Oh, please share this story. Better. And like, why are you here? Literally. But um, yeah, she's like, she she came here because she wants to tell Robin something all about how when she was 10, her parents' marriage started to break up. But they always said, again, I hear some great fucking parenting over here. Oh my um, God, her parents are ter- terrible. No wonder she doesn't know how to behave. Well, this is true, you know, with these fucking parents. So yeah, Vicky's fucking psychopathic parents uh, <laughs> said that they would wait until Vicky was 14 before they'd split up. Like, I'm sorry. Oh what my the fuck? God. But um, yeah, so Vicky explains how obviously this fucked her up massively because how could it not? Um, So she started just acting like an idiot and reckoned if she stayed the baby, her parents would have to stay together. So she started doing all kinds of mad, immature stuff, mm. started smoking cigarettes and stealing booze. I smoked pot. Oh, oh my God. Oh. <laughs> but um, yeah, so all about all these mad kind of rebellious things she was doing. But like she was miserable the whole time. And Robin's kind of like, why are you telling me this? <laughs> but um. <laughs> Yeah, Vicky then goes on about how she got hooked and turned into a real dope head and instead of pretending to get into trouble, she really was in trouble and like messing things up, basically losing control of her life and uh, that it was all to try and keep her family together. But then she says, when Robin's like, oh my God, what happened? Vicky's like, I got cleaned up and my folks got divorced. So she kind of realised she was like ruining herself for nothing because mm. she can't control what other people do. Um, but it's all kind of her way of explaining that like, she's not perfect. And, you know, she's obviously gone through some stuff as well and you can't control everything. Oh God. And then she just starts talking about how, you know, oh God, but isn't George amazing? <laughs> <laughs> Basically. But this rings true to Robin. And she thinks that uh, if she, you know, she she opens her soul to Vicky in a way that she didn't to even Liz, who, mm. in fairness, would be a better person to talk to about this to, than this stranger. That is true. I mean, it actually would have made more sense for Liz to have turned up 
in that yes. room rather than fucking Vicky. <laughs> God. Well, Robin says, it seems like thin people get all the breaks. I wonder where you think that's living in Sweet mm. Valley. Mm. Let me look. Mm. <laughs> Thinks, I know in my mind that's not true, but in my heart, I'm always afraid I'll be fat again. And I'm afraid if I get fat, I'll lose everything in my life. All I've worked hard for. And Vicky tells her, like, the sheer brass neck of Vicky, who again has only known... <laughs> George for a few weeks just starts telling his girlfriend you know how much he loves her and she, he loves you for your mind and says god I was so jealous of you mm, yeah you were Vicky tell me after <laughs> George I wish I had a boyfriend who was half as crazy about me as George is about you oh god <laughs> I mean Vicky you need to stay away from George for the moment yeah just cool your jets and back the fuck off will you <laughs> well Robin thinks that Vicky or sorry that George must think she's 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 crazy, and Vicky says he just wants her to get better because now she's a spokesman. <laughs> so Robin thanks Vicky. Why? And she leaves, and she turns to look at Vicky once more. They didn't speak, but Robin felt that something important had passed between them. Oh, get out of here! Like I'm, I'm glad that this was helpful to Robin, but mm. I, I don't understand why it was. No, but I think I don't know what Vicky's deal is, but yeah. I don't trust her. No, neither do I. <laughs> well, uh, Robin realizes she could have died uh, because she knows people do die from anorexia. Mm-hmm. So I guess they're like the ghost writers are making sure kids know how serious it is. There's proper gravity to this whole situation. Yeah. Um, but uh, what Vicky had told her about George made her see that she did love her and always had. Well, uh, if you say so, I guess. And true, he had been a bit insensitive lately. You think? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'll say. <laughs> but because she was feeling vulnerable, she blew everything way out of proportion. Now she wants to tell George how sorry he was. she was. No. Yeah, he has some apologising to do, like. Mm. Though, there is hope for Robin, just in mm. general, because she realises there are other things in her life she needed to think about, not just George. Yes, indeed. Mm. So she, but she also realizes that she has to eat again, and she feels weird about that. Yeah. Um. So the next morning she feels a bit uh, better, and then an orderly comes in. Uh oh. Oh no! Never trust the orderlies. <laughs> I hope they're being screened properly before they employ them now. You would hope. <laughs> well, she gets an unappetizing uh, meal of two pieces of whole wheat toast, half a grapefruit, and a glass of milk. Oh God, none of those things go together. And margarine. <laughs> oh Jesus, get out of here with the margarine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just greasing all over the toast oh, without no. sinking in. Well, the doctor comes in and checks her out and says the pneumonia was really bad because she's anorexic. And mm. Robin feels ashamed, but the doctor is actually kind of cool. She says, look, you, don't, you need to get over the pneumonia first. Then yeah. you need to get, you know, deal with the anorexia and you shouldn't blame yourself for either of these things. Mm. Yeah, which is good. Yeah. And uh, she says she'll get, Robin will get plenty of help from me, from counsellors, from support groups. You'll need to talk to a therapist about your self-image and how to self-separate self-image from body image. There's a lot of jargon you'll have to get used to. You'll have to deprogram yourself from 16 years of living in this hellhole. Honestly, I think moving out as we Valley might be yes. a good first step. Like, altogether, get out there. <laughs> also, all the kids who grew up reading these books could oh, do with some of this. So, uh, Robin is surprised the doctor isn't putting pressure on her. Um, and uh, it's clear the doctor sa- uh, basically says, why aren't you telling me to finish your breakfast? And the doctor says, okay, fine, finish your breakfast, but I'm going <laughs> to leave you alone. And Robin miraculously eats the whole thing. 
does she? I think she just eats some toast, no? No, she ends up eating it all then, yeah. You're right, she does, yeah. Okay. So uh, she feels a sense of achievement. Mm, Yeah, it's a win for for Robin, which is good. (sighs) But then who should come in? (laughs) Fucking George. (laughs) I was just saying fucking George. (laughs) (laughs) This fucking guy. He managed to come in without Vicky holding his fucking hand. <laughs> oh my God, I wouldn't be so surprised if he came in with her. He's so just like leading him in. Here now, George. And then she could witness their reunion because that's the sort of, a, like, the role she wants to play in their relationship. Um, so, yeah, Robin starts apologising and George is like, shh, she puts a finger on her lips. Get out of here. Um, so they they tell each other that they love each other. But then... Robin. Oh, well, sorry. First of all, she says, I like Vicky. And he's like, I knew you'd hit it off. Shut up, George. Shut up, George. <laughs> but then Robin, after saying this, actually says something very refreshing. Honestly, I was very impressed by her mm. for this. Um, yeah, because she kind of says to him, look, I'm going to need a lot of time to myself. And George kind of misreading is like, oh, yeah, no problem. If you're tired, I can come back. And she's like, no, no, I don't mean just now. I mean from now on. And George is kind of puzzled. And she's like, look, I've got a lot of thinking to do, you know, my whole life, my family, my friends, which I hope she has some or like, well, yeah. this because where the fuck are they? Mm. Um, she's like, look, I need time to sort everything out and I have to do it by myself. And then George is like, oh, I guess I deserved that. Like, it's not fucking about you, George. Which is basically uh, what she says. Which is what she says, actually, in the next line, which I was glad about. She's like, look, this isn't about you. It's about me. Can you understand? Because, like, Robin clearly has a lot to work through right now. Yes. Um, So she can't devote time to him. And good on her for realizing that and that she needs to put herself first because she has got a lot of work to do. Mm. And I'm so glad that she just cuts him loose like this. And mm. he does understand that he's like, look, I, I get it. And I'll always be here when you need me and they they do end things quite nicely there mm. or like you know as amicably as you can I suppose and sure. good for her yes. like honestly how long do you think it'll be before George is banging Vicky in the plane hanger <laughs> stop it oh my God. just in a supply closet on the way out <laughs> Wow, I thought they'd make it to the plane hanger. You're taking the hospital. Think, oh, yeah. the hospital yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's waiting outside, ready to pounce. <laughs> oh, well, I hope that's the last we hear from George for some time. Oh, yeah, we need a piece of work. Sure. <laughs> well, we cut to the cafeteria a week later um, and the cheerleaders are frolicking with some tedious banter. <laughs> Who should come in? But Robin... Yeah, and this feels, I know she's only dropping into school, I think, to pick up some homework assignments, but a week still seems like a very short amount of time Yes, um, since everything that had happened. Yes. But yeah, so she was in and she was talking to, oh no, her mom is in with Mr. Cooper, I think. Um, So yeah, she's only like literally just in for a little bit uh, and just kind of catches up with the cheerleaders uh, who fill her in on how much they raised Mm. for the Super Sunday, which was 600 and something dollars Robin's like it doesn't seem like very much yeah <laughs> but, um, it doesn't really it actually for big fundraising all the fucking effort that it took um, but uh, but yeah apparently the, the whatever building fund people didn't turn it down so that was fine so yeah everyone's happy with the, the job that they did and uh, that it was all good but um, yeah then Annie 
oh, poor Annie, she stands up and she's like, who wants an ice cream sandwich or something from the lunch line? Robin? And it's like, everything's kind of suddenly tense and quiet. And Annie's like, oh, I mean, uh, only if. And she's like, turn pure red. And I do feel a bit bad for Annie. Yeah. You know, Annie is absolutely not the worst of them. Oh God, not by a long shot. No, this was just her not thinking. Um, mm. But Robin's like, look, don't worry about it. It's fine. Maybe next time. Um, and uh, yeah, they're just kind of, they're kind of gingerly kind of asking her how she is and what the story is. And Jess is like, did you have lunch? And Robin's like, I ate at home. Um, but yeah, she's saying, look, I'm, apparently she's planning to come back in a week or so, which again, <laughs> no, no, no. This girl needs a... Much more um, frequent care yes. than would allow her to be back in school like two weeks after collapsing, I would say. And I would like so. to hope that Sweet Valley, though God knows maybe their parents don't have insurance, but like their eating disorder support in Ireland is absolutely appalling. Yeah. And, you know, there's, you know, it's an, it's an actual scandal how little mm. how treatment there is available, in, especially yeah. in residential things. So mm-hmm. I don't know if Sweet Valley is any better, but... I wouldn't think if you were hospitalized with pneumonia at the best of times, you'd be like, she's been, she's, we were told she's not meant to be out of bed. Very true. Rolling into school. Yeah, no, she shouldn't be here at all. So, well, I think she'll probably have the typical Sweet Valley miracle cure where it's like, hmm. I was yeah. able to eat some toast. Now I'm be fine. And-, and I've bounced back. But at least it's not the kind of, oh, I've got a boyfriend and now everything's solved. So there true. is that to it, which is kind of good. But I guess this is just showing, yeah, that Robin's kind of, she's she's on the road. But, you know, obviously she we know she's got a pile of work to do. And they do allude to that as well. Yes. But yeah, she's, you know, she's, she's making progress at least, which is good. Yes. And we're told that it looks like the same motivation that spurred her on to diet. Diet is not what was happening. Mm-hmm. Was going to help her get back to health. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I should hope not. Because not the same thing at all. Yeah, motivation. You don't want that. You don't want, and it wasn't motivation <laughs> either. It's yeah. Oh God. So that's it for Robin for this book, and mm. we wish her well. Yeah. And then Jess sees Liz and Enid and calls them over. And Amy, because she's such a massive bitch, says, "Thanks, Jess. Just who I wanted to eat lunch with, <laughs> Enid Rollins." So rude. <laughs> Jess is like, "You'll thank me in a minute." <laughs> because she has somebody she wants to ask Enid about. Yeah, so Enid has a cousin who is coming to spend a weekend uh, with her and her family. Hmm. So Lila's like, oh, is that all? That's really nice, Enid, Lila said condescendingly. And I think that's like our first look at Lila, or like a first appearance of her um, in this book. But um, yeah, yes. they're, they're too little like- now. Oh, very much so. Yeah, it's it's too late. But um, yeah, apparently this cousin of hers uh, is a tennis player. He's like he's won a bunch of like local championships, and for some reason Enid has a photo of him in her wallet. In a plastic sleeve. <laughs> it's a bit excessive, but anyway, this is just a vehicle for the rest of the girls to see how cute this guy is, um, because of course that's the news that uh, Jessica was looking for her to share. So uh, Jess is like, "No, didn't I tell you that you'd thank me?" So this guy Jake apparently is coming to um to Sweet Valley. Uh, soon enough she yeah. doesn't say she doesn't. Exactly. she just says he's yeah. coming to spend a weekend with me and my family yeah and Lila says oh is that all that's really nice Enid she says condescendingly <laughs> yeah but um they yeah so anyway they're all excited about this guy Jake but yeah. um yeah she's like look you know I'll keep you posted when he's coming I'm sure he'll be delighted to meet all of you uh and just kind of heads off then with Liz because obviously they weren't going to sit together and eat lunch with these bitches yeah I mean good <laughs> They're better off without them. Um, so, yeah, Lila can't believe the boring Enid has such a hot cousin. <laughs> but Amy has her eyes on another guy. Yeah, she says she still thinks that Tom McKay is cuter. And they have been teasing this now for a couple of books. They yeah. have. Amy, yeah, Amy has had her eye one. on old Tom. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so uh, Jessica says, that's the second time you've mentioned Tom McKay lately. You know, he and Gene West are going out. What's going on anyway? And <laughs> what is Amy's response? She says, nothing. That is nothing yet. <laughs> <gasps> Typical Amy. <laughs> what a bitch. <laughs> And on that note, the, the very much not so perfect girl, Ugh. we finish the perfect girl. Can you read us out, please? Yeah. Will Amy finally find her true love? <coughs> no. Find, find out in Sweet Valley High number 75, Amy's true love. <laughs> I mean, my book actually says inaccurately at the end, even though I know that the book is called Amy's True Love, it says the next book is Amy's First Love. Oh, okay. That was in the Kindle version. So I don't know what was going on there, where they took oh, that from. That's but... class. That's like um, when, wasn't it Racing Hearts that was teased as Love on the Run in it the, was. the book before it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, well, it's certainly not her first love. She's had about seven that so far that she thinks are like her true romance yeah oh well that was a grim ride listeners Um, we've had a few pretty dark books recently Mm. and um yes we we apologize for that but we can't do anything about the sweet valley cycle um so are there any stats and outfits even the outfits were grim i know that's the thing um yeah and I was, like the wakefields weren't really in this a huge amount so the blondness only got two mentions uh and the blue green eyes also only got two mentions um but then people did sparkle four times which i thought was interesting hmm. very sparkly lot. <laughs> yeah. um and again this is the thing with the outfits they're mostly robin's outfits and they're just there's no joy in them because it's just her trying things on and not liking how she looks in them. And it's just kind of sad, but I guess mm. I'll rattle through them anyway. Yeah, I mean, go on. For, for, she, for completionism's sake. For com- well, this is it. Yeah. So she, she does put on, oh, this is the first night before she's met Vicky. She puts on her new skinny jeans and a light blue silk blouse because, you know, you do, you got to love the silk blouse. Of course. I mean. Yes. I'm glad that <laughs> a silk blouse got to look in. You've got to have that at some point. Um, then what else happens here? She has, oh, she puts on a black tank, no, a black knit tank dress. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things she tries on she also tries on a short white skirt with a white blouse um it's a very stark looking outfit i would say (laughs) um she finally settles on a forget-me-not blue skirt and a pink v-necked sweater uh with Hmm. a pair of blue sandals i mean this she's happy with what she wears and i'm I'm glad that she's enjoying her outfit but (laughs) i'm not convinced (laughs) about a blue skirt and a pink sweater to be perfectly honest i I think (laughs) i can see it Maybe she can pull it off. I'm yeah. pretty sure blue sandals, which yeah. is very like it's a, it's it's a very matchy matchy outfit. It is, it is. Um, and then oh, Vicky turns up, uh, crashing the fucking date, uh, in a stylishly short skirt and beige linen safari jacket. <laughs> So, you know, at least we've got Vicky to provide some bit of levity with the outfits in a fucking safari jacket. <laughs> so you know what? Thank you, Vicky. <laughs> <laughs> did Vicky sparkle at any stage? I'm not sure she did, actually. No. I think if anything, Vicky kind of sucked the sparkle out of a conversation at one point. <laughs> dropping in where she's not wanted. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, no, most of the sparkling was done by the twins, of course. Oh, of course. Well, I mean. As, as as it should be, frankly, as it would you'd be, as as expected. Yes. Well, listeners, uh, those of you who who sat through this one, um, 
Please let us know what you think of how Sweet Valley tackled this very serious subject. Um, and uh, yeah, let us know if there's anything we got wrong about uh, America, because we could tell you that <laughs> we got a lot of responses from people telling us that um, photography room, d- photography classes and dark mm-hmm. rooms are very much a thing. Oh, this is purely marine biology all over again. It was us being howlingly oh, wrong as usual. 100%. <laughs> well, actually, uh, long-time friend of the show, Tracy, Tracy Tite said, I'm not sure why you ladies keep doubting the Pascal <laughs> Ghost Riders. How dare we? <laughs> but photography was definitely a class in American schools. Mine even had a dark room. Lots of newspaper and yearbook kids and a few artsy types took it. Jess would not approve of the students. <laughs> <laughs> very true and like not not only in America which it absolutely seems to be widespread mm. uh, as a thing uh, Kirsty got in touch on Twitter to say that her little country high school in Australia had a dark room and a <gasps> photography elective in year 10 when they would have been 15 that she took and she says I did not foil a crime syndicate or memorialize my dead friend but I did make out with my boyfriend in the dark room so I think I win and Yay! I agree absolutely won and that does seem to be the theme of like high school dark rooms like this mm. is where you go to make out with your boyfriend I mean <laughs> I can see why. Absolutely. Good job, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Lazy Leslie Nope, another long-time listener, said, my high school had a dark room, but because of budget cuts, it wasn't operational by the time I got there. So Aww. I guess it's a good thing I wasn't bequeathed a camera because I wouldn't have been able to break up a drug ring. <laughs> it's, you know, your teenage rite of passage, breaking up a drug ring. <laughs> Um, not related to photography, but Alana Hansen said, I know the main thing about Nicholas is that he absolutely did not attend Sweet Valley High, but can you imagine the collection of creep shots he would have submitted for the photo essay? Chills run up the spine. Truly does not bear thinking about. (laughs) By the way, a few people asked us why Jeffrey isn't in the photography club. And he was actually mentioned in the book and we didn't mention it which is amazing because as you know we mentioned fucking everything but somehow (laughs) didn't mention this somehow the one thing we forgot to mention which pretty much never happens because we go through these things in ridiculous detail but yeah he uh, he was mentioned and uh, the throwaway line to explain Jeffrey's absence was that Mm. he was busy with daily soccer practice so yeah apparently yeah Mm. so uh yeah uh we we should have mentioned that but um it, it was, uh, we, we did get a lot of, the, that was the two most common responses was people <laughs> explaining why they had, uh, that they had dark rooms. So we were totally yes. wrong and worrying about hashtag poor Jeffrey. Oh, poor Jeffrey. <laughs> um, Happiness Media did say, I hate the title to this boring book so much. Very deceptive. But when we're given that fatal night in response to a book with no fatalities, that should not be surprising. <laughs> We should have known. <laughs> By the way, long-time friend of the show, Neri, said, uh, you, t- you two made this book sound way more exciting than uh, you give yourselves credit for. And to be oh. honest, 12-year-old Neri Siren would have been totally awed by the Regina died from drugs and now Liz used Regina's camera to bust a drug ring <laughs> concept. I was all about the poetic justice. Tenuous or not. <laughs> Brilliant. Also, I really enjoyed the next bit of that comment, which was um, about how Todd, maybe he was just so unbothered by Liz's uh, situation was because he's uh, he's so used to Liz getting out of deadly situations unscathed that he's run out of actual concern. Like, oops, another escaped criminal is menacing Liz and or Jess. Must be Tuesday. <laughs> oh, hey, Donald, is it that time again? I'll let myself into the trunk. <laughs> 
She did say also, it serves cheeky trombone sting and self-deprecating <laughs> shrug. You, oh. <laughs> it's just, it's quite the picture in of it. <laughs> it really is. By the way, uh, uh, several people were impressed by uh, the, the hunks, the criminal hunk Chad's fists of fury. Giddy Amp said, it's good to have scientific proof that fists of fury beat feet of fury. <laughs> it was fists versus feet and Todd was victorious <laughs> it was so um, yeah oh, somebody else said uh, Silent Spaces said I feel like the title and tagline should be about Regina's giant stash of coke or something <laughs> not a camera <laughs> Also, Cresta Ellen said, as one of three sisters, I could state that in the event of any room trashing, there would have been a row of such epic proportions. It would have been like in the Witch's Beast trick when the crowd cracked beneath their feet. I have three sisters and I could say, true. Like there'd be killings. There would. <laughs> we also got a cocktail suggested for a future drinking game. Uh-huh. <laughs> and can you tell us? what this cocktail contains uh, yeah this was uh Kerr 813 who like amazing suggestion so <laughs> suggesting that for a drinking game it could potentially be accomplished with a tom collins uh with a few tweaks to make it a mr collins <laughs> so if we use uh, a dry gin perhaps a california gin uh assuming somewhere in california makes mm. gin and i'm sure they do because fucking everywhere makes gin at this stage true, true. um yeah so yeah lemon juice simple syrup club soda sounds delicious uh, and uh i think a tom collins could absolutely be reworked into a mr collins uh, with some california gin i mean i like lemon cocktails as well and who wouldn't mm. want to raise a glass to Mr. Collins! How could you not? <laughs> <laughs> well, so actually, we need to try that. So, uh, sounds delicious. Yeah. Uh, by the way, somebody, uh, SW Gallo, too, said Kathy Ulwick was on the basketball team. So. Yes, okay, she was. Yeah, I couldn't remember. Was she just like her pal or was she actually on the team? And yeah, she was because she was there all the time. So that mm. would have made perfect sense. We just, we can't always remember every single tiny thing, but we do our best. It's true. <laughs> By the way, Pippi Ann Shirley said that her daughter attends a specialised or attended a specialised arts high school. And she asked her if two weeks was a reasonable amount of time for a collaborative photo collage mural, given such projects were literally part of her cu- curriculum. She <laughs> snorted with derision as she does and answered, yeah, bad one. <laughs> I love the saltiness. <laughs> um, so, uh, yes, there were oh, other people were um, disturbed slash amused by what they called the locker room slash sexual harassment photos. I, it was questionable. Yes, that Ex- is fair. <laughs> extremely questionable. Well, listeners, we love hearing from you and uh, you know where to, to to contact us. You can contact us on Twitter at SVH Podcast. You can send us an email at uh, svhpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, we are at Instagram where Karen has been doing video montages, little clips, the famous polls. Um <laughs> I guess the Queer Icons one might have been getting everybody ready for the next episode. There you go. Yeah, it turns out we were building to a theme. <laughs> yeah. Well, we also, uh, thanks to everybody for um, who got in touch with us to say they enjoyed our uh, Pi Beta Alpha episode that we gave to everybody last mm. week. And if you would like to hear more of Pi Beta Alpha, which, as you may or may not know, comes out all the weeks that this podcast is uh is off the air 
ensuring that you never have to go longer than a week without some sweet valley madness, you can sign up to Headstuff Plus. Yeah, uh, over at headstuffpodcast.com. You can sign up to support us if you'd like to support the show. You can support a couple of other shows if you'd like. Uh, You can spread your money across up to three podcasts and whatever way you do it, uh, you get access to the bonus content that we're putting out, but everybody else's bonus content too. So you're getting loads of stuff for at least, it's a, what is it, five euros a month. Yeah. Yeah. And that's if you, even if you choose to just support us 100%, you still get everybody else's um, extra bonus material. So it's quite the bargain. And a big, big thank you to everybody who uh, the new listeners uh, and members of the Pi Beta Clubhouse who joined us after listening to last week's episode. Uh, we're very glad you enjoyed it and welcome to our sorority. <laughs> There's more to come. <laughs> well, yeah, we will see our uh, the Pi Beta Alpha gang in the clubhouse uh, next week where we're going to be finding out... Um, what happens when Jessica joins Bruce's Club X? <laughs> I am very much looking forward to. It's going to be tremendous fun. <laughs> so Pi Beta Alpha members, remember to watch the episode on YouTube before uh, joining us. So, I mean, I don't, I think you could still appreciate the recap, even if you don't watch it. I just, think so too. Just as we don't really expect people to read the books. Also true. Yeah. We certainly don't. Jesus yeah. Christ! You don't really have to do homework. It's okay. No. We go through everything pretty, pretty comprehensively. All too comprehensively, listeners. Which is why this episode has been two hours long. Oh God. We literally said before we recorded, "Oh, we'll bang through this one." It's so yeah. It's too grim to dwell on. We'll just get through. Apparently not. And here we are. We just can't help making stupid jokes. Oh, we can't. Or going into every detail. But um, <laughs> yes, we will see you, Pi Beta Alpha members, in the clubhouse to discuss Club X mm-hmm. and everybody else. We will see you in two weeks when we find out what happens. When poor Tom McKay Oh Tom, run well again <laughs> Becomes the next candidate For the terrifying position <laughs> Of Amy's true love <sighs> Good luck Tom <laughs> See you then everybody Thanks for listening Bye This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today.